good morning, good day, and good evening. Welcome back to the show. Today, we have a returning guest. Last time, they were on with uh, with Asahi Lena. Today, they're on by themselves. Welcome back to the show, Luna the Fox Girl. How are you doing? Uh, I don't know. Like somewhere between great and like... <laughs> Uh, slow morning. I, I already told you about the part where I almost put soy sauce into my hot cocoa. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, that, um... <laughs> that would be an interesting taste. That's it would sure. be. Probably not the, um, the most, you know, optimal way to start your day, but it would wake <laughs> you up at least. <laughs> Very salty. Mm, mm, mm. So how you been doing? <clears throat> Yeah, it's it's been kind of a roller coaster as of late, but mm -hmm. getting getting stuff done. I started a Mastodon instance, and then I also did more work on Inochi 2D. Mm -hmm. so. I was going to ask you about um, VT Social. We can either start with that, and then spend the entire episode ranting about the state of Twitter, or we could talk about Inochi 2D. I'll let you choose. I, I think we should wait with the till the end. Otherwise, we are going to start ranting about Twitter for the rest of the day. <laughs> Okay, sure, we can do that. Um, well, for anyone who maybe missed the last time you're on, hasn't seen the work you've done, uh, why don't you give a brief introduction of what you do? I mean, you can see it right on the screen. I'm moving myself because I am making an open source 2D VTuber model format and tools for it. So I am being rendered by my own software. Which I think is actually really cool. Like the the fact that there is, you know, some something that is in that space that is not live 2D uh, is good because you you mentioned this last time you're on the uh, the live 2D licensing is not optimal. It's very like outdated in terms of like <laughs> they're very heavy handed and mm -hmm. recently another VTuber software project had to remove live 2D support because they don't sell their software uh, and live 2D basically don't want uh, free software. That was Kaleidoface, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, Kaleidoface has deprecated uh, Life 2D support. So for anyone who missed, uh, maybe like didn't hear about Kaleidoface back when it was like really popping off, that's a web-based way to like just you know do the VTubing thing. Very yeah. easy to set up. You just go to the thing and just, it just works, basically. Yeah. And uh, this is where I make the announcement that... For some reason, I'm making a uh, web-based version of Inochi 2D. I wonder why. <laughs> mm, mystery. Uh, Complete mystery. Uh. But for anyone who has no idea about uh, what's wrong with Live 2D, um, just give you a brief idea of what the deal is there. Uh, there's many problems. Besides licensing, which is itself just like kind of a crapshoot. Because like... Mm. Um, that you're not allowed to com use competing software together with Live 2D and, for example, a game or a VTubing software. So, uh, yeah, that's not good. Uh, um, you are not allowed to license files to make it other uh, with other licenses than closed licenses. So you're not allowed to make Creative Commons models with Live 2D, for example, because they have ownership over you have they have partial ownership over your model due to you using their software. <laughs> Uh-huh. Um, what more is there? Uh, well, then there's all the technical things. Like, mm. it's very CPU-heavy. Uh, RAM-heavy, if you use the editor. I've seen people, like, buy 64 gigabytes of RAM because 
the life to the editor uses like 32 gigabytes at some point. <laughs> uh, all kinds of really silly things. They don't do rendering right, so like mm. if you have a dark skinned character, you'll see white outlines over every dark skinned part. You know, G2D does not have that problem. Uh-huh. Uh, in general, it's just kind of a, a crapshoot. They don't do blending right. They mm. do the color math wrong. They do everything in sRGB space. So uh, all the color math is wrong and inaccurate. So it's, it's kind of like just, <laughs> it's not great. But it was the only thing on the scene back when, well, it was, it's, yeah, it's, it was the only thing on the scene. So, you know, that's the thing that, that everyone now continued to keep using. And it had all the backing, oh. like all the money behind it as well being developed and, you know, and the big company support behind it. So it's like, well, it's here. So, well, just make it work. Yeah. Also, it doesn't really work on Linux either. Yeah. So. Yep. I look. I that's the least of my worries. I wouldn't be. I'd be very surprised if it did work properly. Uh, yeah. You know, two D more or less fixes all those things. Mm-hmm. There was another problem with Inochi two D. So, I think you mentioned it last time. But for anyone who hasn't heard the story, let people know um, how Inochi two D initially started. Like before, it was its own separate thing. Oh, okay. That's a, a silly story. Okay, I love so the I was story. Making a, I, I was making a lesbian foxgirl mahjong game, which was also a visual novel. So it's both like a mahjong game and a visual novel. Mm-hmm. And I was making my own engine for it. And I wanted like an animation subsystem. And I looked at Leipzig and he was like, this licensing is absolutely dog shit. I'm going to make my own thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, then later the artist left the project. And then I was like, wait, like all this VTuber stuff, Larry's like, two companies that basically control everything. Uh, maybe maybe I should just spin this out to its own thing. <laughs> How long ago was Inochi that? 2D was born. Uh, that's like two years ago. Right, 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 right. So then you just kept it going. You're like, let's just see where this goes kind of deal. <laughs> yeah, at, the, uh, at some point people actually started using it. I was like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. What has the oh. like general, I guess public reception of it being like because obviously it's been growing a lot over time um like what is uh, what has that sort of been like for you interesting i mean there's people who are not a fan of the different paradigm and there's people <laughs> who really like it yep so it's, it's nice to see people like you said i'm posted on the interwebs <laughs> mm-hmm. and then i like retweeted well i don't anymore i've left twitter but uh, we'll get back to that later <laughs> um, um but yeah, I've been like looking out for posts from people using mm-hmm. Inochi 2D, and it, it 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 it's pretty heartwarming to see people use your software. Yep, yep. Well, I can understand why there'd be you know confusion about it because it's not like a drop-in replacement for Live 2D. It's its own separate thing. So yeah, it is going to take a bit of time to understand how it works differently. Yeah, because like, <clears throat> ah, I thought. Uh, Life to D works for your, like, kind of a scene graph kind of deal, but not really. It's just, like, you have some, you have some like, meshes, and they can have deformers. A, a scene graph them. being what? Uh, basically, it means you have, like, oh, I'm going to get into programming terms, but, like... No, um, go ahead. Do, do you know what a tree structure is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yes. Okay. So basically, it's a tree structure mm. where uh, the top node is the, the actual like scene, and then you go down, and like objects have children under them that like depend oh, on the right. object above them. Yep, yep, so that's yep. what a scene graph is, and then like specific scene graph nodes have specific properties. Mm -hmm. For example, uh, GCK uses a scene graph to render its stuff. So like a button is its own kind of like scene graph node, and above that there's a box container, and yep, kind of yep. just builds up until you have the actual window. So that's that's the kind of deal. Uh, Inochi Inochi 2D uses uh, like a full scene graph, so you have like typed nodes that have like one thing they do and they do that thing well. Mm -hmm. Instead of Live CDs, like it doesn't do any of the thing. Like the art mesh doesn't do its job well. The deformers <laughs> kind of don't do their job well. So it's just like, eh. mm -hmm. so I, I I go I basically follow the. Well, I, I guess the Kiss philosophy: keep it stupidly simple. Yep. Yep. So each item does one thing and one thing well, and then I feel that actually makes rigging for some things easier. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but yeah. Well, easier now that you, you know, are getting documentation put together. <laughs> yeah, kind of. I mean, people are using it without documentation amazingly. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I need to get that done. Uh, there's still a lot of work to do there. Yeah, I scrolled back through the Inoshituri Twitter, and I noticed like a month or so ago, you've got like actual something of proper documentation starting to starting to be formed which you know is probably useful yeah and then the entire burnout thing happened and i haven't got any progress done on it yeah so. what is the i i'm i'm I, uh, words what is the state of the current documentation like from like There's where one the... page okay i was, I was gonna say like <laughs> and it's <laughs> and it's how to install the Dochi Creator. Okay. <laughs> well, that's great. But, what, uh, there's, a community member that's made, there's a community member who's made a community member who's mm. made a uh, Google document with mm. basically the documentation I'm just going to like reference and then improve. <laughs> ah. Because what I was going to say is, um, I, you know, now not, know, <laughs> not knowing that it was just one page as it stands, uh, I was going to say, with the documentation that is currently available, what you know, percentage of the current software is actually documented, but it sounds like not much, like maybe 1% if you go with the documentation yeah. that officially is there. Yeah. With that, um, I mean, that there's more if you look at, if you look at the uh, GitHub wikis, there's mm -hmm. like, you know, G session documentation, but mm -hmm. yeah, I, I need to get stuff added. The main pain point is just like, we were decided that we were going to use read the docs because it supports also exporting PDFs and eBooks. From mm. your documentation. Um, uh, on top of that, it um, supports translations, and mm. we have like Japanese users and Chinese users, mm -hmm. both that both speak, man speak Mandarin and like uh, Cantonese. Yeah. So we definitely need to be able to have these things translated. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> ah, my throat. Um. And the main pain point there is read the docs is a nightmare to set up. That's why it took so long to get the page set up. Because like, right, their document, their documentation. You'd, you'd, you'd imagine they have they would have good documentation because they're making a documentation generator thing. Well, but basically, it's just like learn how to make Python documentation. Good luck. <laughs> uh, uh, and I don't, I don't really, I haven't used Python in years for other than like a glorified calculator. Yeah, yeah. So. So like, okay, I guess I'm gonna learn how to use Finks and all these weird Python tools to make non-Python documentation. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So yeah, I spent like a week doing that. 
Well, at least it's slowly coming along. Yeah. One thing but I did. If, if the... Ooh, sorry. Oh. I was just say if the if the people behind Read the Ducks uh, watch this, please fix your documentation. <laughs> uh, it took me way too long to set this up. I it's would... very Python centric. They basically just right. give you like their example is just like here's a Python library. Here's mm -hmm. how to document it. It's like I'm not documenting a Python library. Uh. Well, at least you look. It's something. May not be what you need, but there's something that could be worse. They could give you nothing at up, all. I ended up copying like a large part of what Godot was doing because they're also using Read the Ducks. So ah. it's like I'm just gonna snatch this and also snatch your theme and change a few CSS things. Mm -mm. Uh. I have probably credited them though. So yeah, yeah, okay. But yeah, we we ba we basically just snatched uh, stuff from Godot, and that's that's how we did it. Mm -hmm. If <clears throat> if it wasn't going to be read the docs, what other options would sort of suit you need? Was that the only thing that was really like on the on your radar for what could do what you wanted? Uh, yeah, like there's other documentation generators, but they don't have that like really nice capability of generating PDFs and stuff like that. Because ah. I feel it would be nice to be well, uh, kind of like spoiling future plans, but this summer, me and one of the Japanese contributors contributors uh, are going to uh, go to Comic Cat, and we want to sell like a manual Ooh, with wow. like extra additions added to it. So, being able to just like make the manual with read the docs and or well Sphinx, and then export a PDF, and then being able to print it and like mm. sell a physical copy of that manual would be nice. That's really cool. So. Yeah, right, well, that, I hope, that's for I hope, you know, you get the documentation to a usable form then. <laughs> I mean, I have half a year. It should be fine, I hope. I think, maybe. <laughs> Surely uh, it's fine. Until you get to the last week before it needs to be ready. Like, oh no, it's not done yet. What am I going to do? <laughs> Let's just hope it doesn't uh, get there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what was it? I was gonna say something. Oh, right. Um, I was gonna ask about like the different Inoch2D tools that exist. So there's like the Inoch2D, it, the the library. There's the Creator Session, and what what else was there? Okay, there's uh, Inoch2D the library. Yes, mm -hmm. there's Inoch Creator, which is the rigging tool. Yeah. Inoch Session, which is like the streaming tool. That's the one I'm using right now too. Right, right. Do all this uh, VTubing stuff. Mm -hmm. <laughs> There's Inochi Viewer, which is a very, very simplified, like just a viewer for Inochi 2D models. It doesn't mm. do anything other than display the models. Right, right, right. Um, um, yeah, that's about all the tools we have officially. Uh, mm. I'm working on a bunch of libraries for different like languages and stuff as mm. well. Yeah, because I'd seen the different tools that are available. I hadn't, I didn't like understand what the um, what all of them, what all like all the perps of all of them different. Uh, you know, I can't speak today at all. I don't know what's happening. Um, it's usually me who can't speak. <laughs> this was happening earlier today when I was streaming as well. It's just like there was a script on the like I was playing a game where it didn't have voice acting, and I was trying to read it, and the sentence just didn't make any sense. I just start flipping words around. It doesn't work <laughs> at all. Um, maybe I need a slow. Final Fantasy fourteen. Uh, no, I was playing uh, Kingdom Hearts three hundred over two days. Oh, I see. 
Very oh yeah, day. I guess we have a few other tools as well. We have INP Unpack, which is a tool to like unpack the file format for you know G2D. So mm -hmm. like for example, if you have a corrupted file, it'll try to unpack it for you. For example, you can try right. to fix it yourself, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or you can start like uh, as a developer using it uh, to like inject stuff into, for example, the EXT section without having to you know write an entire parser for a format. You can just Use that tool to extract it, throw a file in there, and then use it to pack it together again to an INP file. I, I should also remember to breathe between <laughs> sentences. Uh, you can use the tool to unpack and repack uh, you know, G2D files, basically. Can you hear that dog barking next door? No, I don't hear it. Okay, good. It's fine. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, if I close this window, I'm going to... It's only 18 degrees here, but for some reason it's really hot in this room. It always, like, I, I have to leave this window open half the time, otherwise I just die from heat exhaustion. Um, <laughs> Meanwhile, I have two pairs of pants and two pairs of socks on because it's way too cold over here in Denmark. Yeah, yeah, you can keep your cold weather. I, I, I can just turn the air conditioner on. I don't want to deal with it being that cold. Definitely not. <laughs> yeah. So, one thing I, I noticed is that, what was it, um, Manic, is it called Mannequin? Uh, yeah, mannequin yes. to uh, integrating uh, in two D stuff inside using uh, what is it? They have their it's a character creator and uh, like ex it, you, the words it can export in the format used for Nitro two D. Like, how does it yeah. sort of knowing that the project is being integrated into other projects like this? Like, how does that make you feel? Like, knowing that it's actually being used by the things people are trying to make it easy to use through their own sort of tooling. Like, what's that sort of like? I mean, you can just look at my face. <laughs> <laughs> I am I'm pretty giddy that people are actually like, like my software enough and think it's worth their time that they'll integrate it into their own thing. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that, that's a pretty fussy, happy feeling for that. <laughs> Besides that one, are there any like other nodal ones that I'm not aware of? Or is it just that one right now? Uh that run right now i am working with the kaleido face person to maybe oh, right. make yes, a yes. kaleido face you know g2d version maybe mm -hmm. we'll see <laughs> it, it might not become anything we, we'll see well, uh, that would be cool yeah I i've think... also poked the people behind MissKey because i found out that they have like a live 2d model embedded as i as an iframe and they're like it's like a uh, mastodon alternative ah that one okay yes yes yeah, they have like a live 2D model embedded in their UI, and it's using an iframe because licensing. So I'm like, hey guys, uh, maybe you should look into Nochi 2D. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're Japanese, so like, I, I mean, they liked my post about it, so we'll see. But I, I poked about him about it. Maybe you'll get something done then. I think getting the uh, the software out there more is like, even though it's still in what would you call it, like a Alpha state, beta? beta state. What? How would you, you say describe beta it right now? right now? Sorry. Uh, it's uh, it's in beta state, mm. and we're actually decently close to like reaching 1.0. So mm. it is usable now. Yes. I yes. just uh, the thing is, I just don't want to recommend it for like uh game developers like entirely yet, because like there's gonna be changes to the API. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So if they use it now, they're they're going to have to like keep upgrading the model as we add new features. Yep, yep. Well, yeah, you Though, you want to have like a stable API for for that sort of yeah. work. I mean, the API for it is relatively stable now. It's just uh, they're gonna miss out on features if they don't repeatedly upgrade the model right now. Right, right. So. 
Because old versions will load newer, newer version models. It'll just skip everything it doesn't know how to do stuff with. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's good then. So, so you said that 1.0 is not, like, crazy far away. What, besides, obviously, documentation, like, that, that's definitely a big one. What would be missing for a 1.0 release? Uh, we have a few node types we want to add. A uh, particle system, so you can, like, make the model, like, spawn particles. Oh, nice. Um... A animated part, which allows you to have like frame by frame animation embedded into the model that you can also deform at the same time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, some more tooling in Inochi Creator, but like the spec will probably hit 1.0 before Inochi Creator hits 1.0. So mm -hmm. yeah. um, we want, well, that that's also Inochi Creator features. Like most of the spec is already there. It's just mm -hmm. like polishing it and adding a few more features now before right, it's ready. Right, right. Oh yeah, we wanted to we want to add like kinematic bones. So like if you want to animate arms and stuff, you don't have to like use the deformation stuff. You can use kinematic bones instead. Yep. We're still I haven't started working on that yet though. Well kind of. There is something for it, but it's uh I kind of scrapped it because I want to do it better than the thing I did before. Mm -hmm, mm. There's a node called Path Deform, uh which mm. basically is a kinematic bone, but yeah. I want to do it better. Now, I'm going to ask you something that if you really wanted to, you could go on like an hour discussion about this. But <laughs> let's see if you can simplify it in a way that people can actually understand. Um, so when we're talking about like the the basic idea of having a movable um, 2D model, what is it that goes into this without, you know, going into the super complicated maths for doing the deforming? Like... What give it like a general overview of like sort of what needs to be done to an image like this? What needs to be like how you need to have it set up to actually make this function? I mean, I uh, I guess I could show you Nochi Creator and just like that would probably be easier if I like sure, visually yeah. show it. Uh, so I'm gonna just, just gonna move myself down here in the corner. It's probably gonna lag a bit. I'm also gonna move this off screen so uh, you don't see that. Uh, I need to start Creator. One moment. I need to like get everything. <laughs> No, I no, was not a, ready for this. It's all good. Um, uh, oh, let me fix. Wait, let me move. I hear my hard drive spin up. <laughs> if I maybe make this smaller, and then we can fit you entire thing in here. There we go. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Now, now everything's being seen. Okay. My my overlay is definitely not set up for, uh, you know, doing demos like this. But it it'll work. It'll be fine. Uh, one moment, I will have to go to, I think it's focus seed. let's see if weird stuff, okay, there's nothing scuffed going on there. I'm gonna quickly <laughs> move OBS over here. Also, I'm gonna minimize session, because I forgot that I can minimize it, because I made so it works even if it's minimized. Ah, oh, nice. I'll load, I'll load an example model here. Sure. Yeah, we have Akka, this is one of the example models shipped with this. Uh, so, if I just right-click the head, here we have a mesh. Uh, so basically, a model is made of nodes, and uh, each node has their own like things they can do, as I talked about like the scene graph stuff. So this is a part node. Everything it does is render something, and it has a mesh. And it can also be a mask, because it, it's something that can be drawn. Um, and the way this works, so like if I rotate the head, you can see like the mesh deform as I rotate it. So mm -hmm. they're mapped to these parameters up here. And there's some specific nodes, for example, this one, which is a physics node. So whenever that moves, it will control something else. 
to move. So like if I move the body, you'll see like the physics node like, kind of bounce around. Mm. I'll cause this uh, for the Sunday here to like bounce around a bit. Uh, I can make it slightly more uh, bouncy, I guess, if I... Uh, if you can find so it. Get sure added, yeah, I've added so many things here. At least we have a... Oops. Uh, <laughs> at least we have the ability to, like... You can see, like, how it moves like that. Okay. And you can actually see the physics being applied to it there. So, like, it... it the physics control another parameter. Mm -hmm. In this case, it's the ribbon up here that's controlled by the body moving. But yeah, that, that's like a quick overview of what goes into it. So like, it's just moving, deforming, mm -hmm. otherwise modifying things based on like these parameters up here. And then I I map like face tracking to the parameters on my model. So whenever I move my head, it controls the exact axis for excess. Yeah. X axis of my uh, head deformation. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh. Yeah, that, that's a that's a quick overview of this how this works. Live to D is somewhat similar in that it has meshes, but uh, they have like deformers and they can be stacked on top of each other and stuff. Yep, yep. So what what does to... that allow you to do that that's different then? Uh, basically, you know, in Live to D, uh, you can't like. Uh, make deformers additive so you can't add multiple things together in a mm. in a good way without like making them like multi-dimensional parameters that's like 4d 5d whatever mm -hmm. uh here you can basically just make a parameter and make two parameters control the same thing so you can make things stack based on like different things that happen mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. i think the best way to explain that would be uh if i open another model i have arch chan sure why not yeah, you guys yeah. know that if you follow uh, Ravioli, I think they're called. Yeah, yeah, Ravioli's great. Twitter. Yeah, uh, I need to. So uh, for the mouth here, it'll mm -hmm. look weird because uh, it's meant to stack up in a specific way. But I can open the mouth. You can see like the, the teeth are not like following. Mm -hmm. And I have a jaw open, which also which makes the teeth and tongue follow with it. So these oh. are actually controlled together. Uh, because the jaw, when you open the jaw, you will also open your mouth. Right, right, right. So, uh, when your jaw is fully open, this will, well, except if you have your mouth closed like that. Mm -hmm. When you, like, have your mouth closed and, like, you open your jaw, like, mm -hmm. I can't do it here because my model is not set up to do it, but. Uh, so, basically, I can stack it and, like, uh, this actually also like deforms the entire face to like open down as well because that happens when you like open your jaw. Yep, yep. And we have like something that makes the pucker and widen for the mouth, and we can move the mouth left and right, and we can make it funnel, which doesn't look right here because usually you only funnel like this. Uh huh. So yeah, this is like slightly more advanced tricking uh, using. Uh, Apple's AR kit, so yep. you have like a few more uh, features going on with it. Yep, yep, yep. And yeah, so this is just a quick overview of how that works, I guess. Yeah, as I said, you could probably go into like way too much detail here and spend the entire time talking about this if you really, if you really <laughs> wanted to, yeah. but... Yeah, let's not do that. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm going to move myself back. Uh, yeah, let me just fix my overlay as well. Make it like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's close. I hope that was informative. I definitely learned something. I don't know if I understood all of it, but I definitely learned something. <laughs> yeah, but basically, uh, you map texture sebaceous and you... You 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 mess them up and that makes it look kind of like three D. Mmm. Mm. The whole the deforming a two D image that in a way that like doesn't break everything just it, it it's never made any sense to me. But you know, I clearly it works somehow. I mean, if you think about it, like when you draw. A, a character like looking to the side like I am. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm basically just uh, copying the kind of like deformation you would have when you do that. Mm -hmm. uh, when you're actually drawing it by hand. But I'm just doing it with like math and meshes instead of like drawing out every single facial like direction. So basically just automating that. That sort of, if you like, you know, draw it frame by frame, it's sort of automating that that process in a, a way that can be done in a, uh, you know, live animation context. Yeah, it's basically. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because, uh, I mean, I, the thing with this technique is that it will have in introduce distortions mm -hmm, to the textures. Mm -hmm. So if you look up closely, uh, you can also see it on other VTubers, like like big VTubers that has like very expensive rigs that you still find distortions models, in their yeah. textures. Yeah, you'll still find distortions in them because... Uh, Texture mapping is hard, and GPUs don't do quad, quad texture mapping anymore, which would reduce the distortion a bit. Uh, what is that? Basically, uh, you saw like how the mesh was made out of triangles. Yes. Quad is just making out of rectangles instead. Mm -hmm. And if you do that, then you can interpolate the textures, which like means like reading the textures, you can read them in, in rectangles instead of triangles, which allows like heavy distortion to look less heavy distorted, I guess. <laughs> Think that makes sense? Yeah. So basically, if you build out rectangles, uh, 2D stuff looks mm. uh, less scuffed. I see. Huh. Uh, I can, if I if I show my screen again, I can show an <laughs> example of why, like how. Yeah. Uh, if you if you can yeah. demonstrate why that makes sense, because um, I'm not really sure why a triangle would be worse than a square, but. I, I have a very good example, because you only need two triangles to dis display it, so... Sure, okay, let's see. Uh, this is the most see. amount of demos that we've ever had during an episode. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll need to just... Uh, I'm going to create a new project, and I'm just going <laughs> to load a simple, a single texture into it. Let me find a good texture. I'm going to find something silly. Don't you worry. For anyone listening to the uh, audio version of this, um, this is very much oh. a watch the video version episode. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, do I have anything good I can throw in here? Sure. Here's a picture of my, uh, my Fox plushie. That is, um, messed up loading it there. It's probably interlaced in a weird way. Oh, well, whatever. Uh, if I now create a parameter, blah, 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 I don't care what it looks like, I just want to. So, what do you think will happen when I start squishing this, uh, this rectangle? Uh... Will it, like, look perspective-wise, like, it's, like, tilted, or will it, uh... Will it will it mess up completely? I would assume it would mess up completely. You're correct, because uh, look at this. This is why uh, triangles are not great for this. Mm-hmm. Because like yeah, yeah. 
it'll mess up. It won't look correct as perspective correct when you start deforming it. I don't know if that. <laughs> I don't know if this example helped. <laughs> we just have a deformed. Basically, you'll you'll get a you'll get a lot you'll get a lot of like distortions around the uh, the diagonals of the triangles. Ah, okay. Uh, so like when you get lines, if you look closely, you'll see lines like look very like jagged and stuff because mm. uh, you get these distortions right here in, the, in these corners where the line goes through. Mm. And also you can't like, again, like squish something together like this because it will, it will also distort across this line because it's only interpolating in this area, like separately. <laughs> so, Whereas you, with you, a you, square... Yeah, with, as with a quad, like it, you've seen like old video arcade video games where they have like these like faux three D effects. They use quads, and they look fine even though they do exactly this. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that basically that that squares fix this problem, and that would make models look better. You can technically make squares with three D graphics, mm -hmm. but it's very computationally expensive, so it's not worth it to do it. Right. So it's more worth it to just to deal with the distortion. And that's why a lot of models have like excessive amounts of triangles just to make sure that distortion is as little as possible. Mm -hmm. I see. So I hope that helped you explain it. <laughs> I I I don't know if it helped that much, but I think we got somewhere with it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not great at explaining things. I'm sorry. No, no, it's fine. I'm asking questions that are hard to explain. Yeah. Well, I don't, know. <laughs> I don't know where I was going to go with that. Um, I think it's, it's really cool how, how much this uh, project has come along. Like, you've not been doing it. It's, what, it's been two years you said you're working on it? Yeah, and I've been like, it's mostly on and off mm -hmm. until recently where I started working on it full time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, in, yeah, uh, there we go. We'll September? Yeah, how's, um, <clears throat> how's that process been going? Like... Actually being able to spend, well, besides, you know, the, the burnout and all that fun stuff and they're getting sick. Yeah. All, ignoring all that part, um, how has it been going? It's been going pretty good. I got, like, OG Creator 0.7.4 out, which mostly fixed the undo system and added a lot of nice features. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And now I'm working on an update that adds the animation timeline so people can create, like, pre-made animations and export them to video if they want to, or to PNG files if they're making emotes, mm -hmm. animated emotes, or uh, like embedded them in the model so like you can press a button and trigger an animation or trigger it with Twitch or whatever you want to do. Right, right, right. What was wrong with the undo system? Most of the things weren't added to it, so like just oh, random yeah. things would not be able to be undone. So oh, it's like, <laughs> so we've added a lot of things into the undo system now, so you can undo most things. Mm -hmm. There's still some things missing, but yeah, that's how I feel. Undo systems are hard to make. I'll, I'll add, they're very hard to make. Yeah, I can understand that. I use, uh, I use Caden Live very heavily, and uh, undoing effects. Yeah, it doesn't really happen. Like, you can undo the entire effect. Good luck undoing keyframes. Yeah. I, I can imagine I am... it shares a lot of the uh, the same difficulties. And then working out how much you want to be able to undo. Like, do you want to be... If you undo it, do you want to... Say you, like, have a slider. Do you want every step yeah. on the slider to be something you can undo? Or is it, like, the entire movement? Or Yeah, we, we've done a system for that. So, like, an undo action, we have, like, a... 
it's called an action stack. So every, every time you do an action, it gets put on top of the stack. And if you undo it, like it pops them off the stack. <laughs> uh, or rather, it just like seeks down the stack until you make a change and then just eats all the stuff you didn't want any, anymore anyways. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, items in the action stack can say that they allow to be merged. So like if you do uh, the same kind of action again, it'll just merge it with the previous one. So like my, so like uh, my slider example there. Yeah, so like if you move the slider and then move the slider again, it'll just combine those two moves. Right, right. Into one. <clears throat> that makes sense. Yeah. It, I can see situations where that would be... Like, it wouldn't be what you'd expect Undecidable. to happen. Yeah, like if you yeah. move a slider twice, you might expect if you undo it once, it goes back to that previous position rather than undoing the entire thing, but... That's like, very hard to predict what the user wants there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That may, well, I I can certainly understand that. Um, I I can see why undo systems are hard. <laughs> I, I get it. it. Makes sense. <laughs> yeah, you basically just have to like guess what the user wants to happen on the undo. Plus, you also have to like keep track of state. Well, uh, some aspects of it would be fine. Like if someone adds a like they add a new node in, they added some sort of effect in, like. You can sort of guess that if they undid at that state, you'd want to undo that entire thing. But those more yeah. incremental changes, I can see those being a major concern. Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> but there, there's no good solution. Everyone does it differently. Some have like a timer on a thing. So like mm. once that timer runs out, it will instead like add a new one, stuff mm. like that. But that doesn't help if someone is making small, fast, incremental changes and still expect you to be able to undo each of them. So... Uh... Mm. I would assume the best way to do it is just to get something that works and then get it out to get it out to the users and then sort of tweak it based on that feedback. Yeah, that's basically what I've been doing. So, <laughs> I mean, uh, there's so much like uh, feature requests on the GitHub issues now that I need to look into. Some wants mm. the ability to basically eat any node that you hit. You hit. Mm -hmm. So that's something I'm going to look into. Um, there's a bunch of feature requests for like showing a warning whenever you close the application if you haven't saved because that does it doesn't that's do that yet because we don't keep track yeah. of all the changes. <laughs> yeah, uh, so that's a, that's a, a landmine you can step on. The fact mm -hmm. that it does not warn you if you close something without saving. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's a pretty uh, pretty important one definitely to have there before 1.0. Yeah. So yeah, I have my work cut out for me. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> How do you go about handling like uh, bug reports, feature requests, things like uh, like that? Do you do it all through the GitHub? Yeah, it goes through GitHub. Sometimes people leave them in the Discord, and then I ask them to add it to the GitHub. Right, right, right. Um, and then we have like issue templates. Uh, even in Node Creator, there's buttons now, so you can just like report a bug within the UI and hit, ah. and it'll like send you to the correct issue template and stuff like that. That's good. Definitely um, want to sort of ease that. Uh... How would you say it? You want to reduce the friction. There we go. Reduce the friction with yeah. um, users reporting stuff. Yeah. So if you click help, there's two buttons. One called uh, report a bug or, and request a feature. And mm -hmm. then you can just click one of these and it'll send you to the right web page. Mm -hmm. so. so how do you go about deciding, you know, what you're going to add in based on those feature requests? Do you like just, if someone asks something, let's say you have just something... 
maybe that makes sense to add to the uh, the the project, but you've not considered adding it yourself. Like, sort of, how do you go uh, about deciding what you're going to do based on those? I decide based on whether it actually makes sense to add. Like, uh, I don't remember. Some someone made like a feature request that just made absolutely no sense in the context of Inochi 2D. Uh-huh. Uh So, like in that case, I just say, yeah, no, that doesn't really fit what we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, oh, I don't remember what it was. It was something about like. Yeah, I don't remember anymore. It's a while ago. But there were someone requested something like silly, and I was like, "Yeah, no, sorry, that that's not gonna, f- <laughs> that's not gonna work with no two two D." Oh right, it was the live two D import. Like, yeah, no. Uh, oh. First of all, I'm gonna get sued by live two D if I do it. <laughs> Second of all, uh, I don't know how the hell you would do it because like it's such such a different design that it makes no sense to do. Yep, yep, yep. It would sort of be like it'd be more of like everything. a conversion utility rather than just a. A plain import. Yeah. And then you'd have uh, to... It'd, it'd be a matter of working out how to map the live 2D functionality. Yeah, it would be a lot 2D. of cursed math. Lots yeah. Lots of cursed math. I, I'm sure, like, basic stuff would be fine, but... Once they have, like, those, like, eight-dimensional parameters in live 2D, <laughs> that, that, that's not gonna work. Like, the highest we could do is four-dimensional. I'm sure you could, you know... Uh, Break the uh, break the images out and get those in, but anything past that point's probably gonna be probably gonna be a bit a bit tough. It at least have to be like some dark m- math wizard or something, mm. like cursed math voodoo to get like mm. it working. Uh, I I don't have that math ability, but people are welcome to try. I'm just not gonna put it onto the Nochi 2 d umbrella because uh, if I do, I'm gonna be liable to live 2 d suing me. Yeah, yeah, definitely want to avoid that one. No, uh, no yeah. cease and desist. That would be very bad. Yeah, very bad for the project. So <laughs> I, we we have like very strict like nobody who are partners of Life to the allowed to contribute. Right. Uh, like if they've seen the source code or if they have worked for Life to the or if they're currently working for Life to the or any of their partners, mm-hmm. uh, they're not allowed to contribute to the project. Yeah, just so I'm sense. like le- legally on the safe side. And yep, I don't yep, get yep. sued for them for stealing code or whatever, even though I don't think looking at the issues people are bumping into, I don't think stealing their code would be worth it. But uh, I mean, still, still gonna be like safe on that side. <laughs> oh yeah, no, that's definitely uh definitely for the best. <clears throat> I yeah, it, it'd be like um you know some people working on us here Linux that like work at Apple. Like maybe let's not do that. Yeah, <laughs> that that's a that's a big no no. Unless Apple's like, hey, you know what? We now like we now like open source. We will help you. And besides that, uh, keep those people away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Unless it's like Apple themselves, <laughs> like officially licensing the stuff GPL to Linux. Then yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely not. So with the um, there's been a lot of uh, I don't know if you've seen any. There's been a lot of. Uh, talk especially on Reddit recently about like the way that a lot of open source maintainers are treated by the like just by people in the FOSS space. Uh, there's a lot of people that sort of act as if projects are run by companies. Like even though most things are just run by volunteers, run by individuals, act like it's you know this giant sort of corporation that does it doesn't really treat the person who's running it like an actual person. Have you yeah. sort of run into any of that with 
uh, with an H2D, or has it been, you know, generally, besides, you know, the requests that are kind of like, there's no way we're doing that, generally kind of, you know, civil and sensible yeah, discussions? People are, mostly, people are mostly civil, so that's nice. There, there's been like a few sus people, but yeah. There's uh, no way you can avoid it. Well, the main thing is that we're moving away from app images, partially due to that pro bono guy harassing developers on GitHub. I love pro bono. I'm, I'm just... He's great. I, I, he's an asshole. I don't like him. Yeah, that's fair. So, uh, totally fair. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, I, if he watches this... Uh, <laughs> uh, no, he won't I, watch I just... this, because he knows... Uh, I don't think he likes me either, because I've made multiple videos calling him out on stuff. <laughs> Maybe I, he does, but yeah, that, that that's partially why we're deprecating it. But also, like, app images are not really all that portable. Mm -hmm. uh, and now when I say portable, people have, like, shit talk me for saying portable because mm -hmm. they think portable means, like, I can drag it from one PC to another. Mm -hmm. No, it doesn't. It means that I can compile it one place and it will run other places easily. Yep, yep. There, there's different terms here. I'm talking developer-wise, not fucking Windows portable apps.com-wise. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> Uh, like, like, there's like, I got sent like images from a Discord where people were shit talking me for saying portable. The uh -huh. uh, flat packs are more portable than app images, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but they are like, you, you can run a, run them on NixOS and whatever that doesn't use like glibc with like minimal issues. But like, if you have an app image, mm -hmm. uh, have fun. You got to recompile the app image twice now, once for glibc and once for whatever other standard C library that the other distro uses. Mm -hmm. And I just don't want to do that. Also, let's not forget that uh, most app images are built... What was it? There's an old library it's built against that was replaced with the newest version of Ubuntu. Um, uh, Fuse? Yeah, Fuse. There we go. Uh, they were built against LibFuse 2, and everyone stopped using yeah. that, like, five years ago. Yeah. <laughs> it's very much like, please compile on the oldest possible Ubuntu version or whatever, and preferably even older, because <laughs> then it runs on most systems. But, like... It ignores the part where old libraries get like replaced. Like, uh, for example, now do you know SDL? Ah, <clears throat> uh, the simple, it brings a bell. Simple direct, yeah, simple direct media library. Ah, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, I'm they're making version three now. I've played some open source games that rely on SDL. Yeah, uh, they're making a version three now, so soon version two will be incompatible. <laughs> And I know distro like devs will start like shipping three soon. Mm. Well, not soon. Once it's ready, they will start distributing it pretty quickly, and then it's gonna be a nightmare. Like, do you use STL three or STL two or, God forbid, STL one if you're like in the stuck in two thousand six. And then yeah, your heart uh, is like, hey, you wanna just go install whatever version from the AUR? Install them all at the same time. Make it work. She'll be right. <laughs> Uh, and then you get hit all the weird like incompatibilities because SDL tries to like load the latest version automatically when it loads itself. So it's like, <laughs> well, Arch recently uh, stopped shipping OpenSSL two and started shipping. Oh, sorry, uh, what? Yeah, it was... SSL. Yeah, they, they started yeah. shipping OpenSSL three point something or other, and it broke oh. everything that relied on it. And uh, a lot of people were suggesting, hey. Go and install the old version from the AUR and run it alongside it. It's like, well, <laughs> you could do that. I would avoid it if I was you. Just relink the objects and you and it'll work, but no. Just Yeah. It's fine. 
No, uh, but what I was saying about Aproboto before was he made this big Wayland write-up that keeps getting shared around. You've I th- I th- you've probably seen it. Um, probably, but I don't remember it. Should I look at Wayland is bad? Uh, oh, should... Yeah, here we go. Boycott Wayland, it breaks everything. Oh. I uh, think I have read that. I'll just send it to you, just uh, in case. It... There we go. I, I love it. It's a great write-up. Because it... He has not updated it in so long. Who keeps sh- He keeps like commenting on it, and half the stuff that's in it is just wrong now. <laughs> yeah, like I I can like just see like screen sharing is broken. Uh, I mean, I guess if you run an Nvidia GPU, it's broken because it's broken for me right now. Because they, I'm sorry by uh, my contacts at Nvidia, but like your driver is really cursed when it comes to Linux. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I... like yeah, I don't know. I think even NVIDIA has to agree their drivers are just not great on Linux. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're working on it at least, but it, 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 it's it, yeah. pretty slow. One day, one day, uh, maybe they'll catch up. That'd be nice. <laughs> maybe it'd be nice if people could also afford NVIDIA GPUs as well, but hey, one thing at a time. <laughs> yeah, one thing at a time. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm maybe going to get some... Uh, some stern words for the for for this, but like the entire melting power cable thing, plus the they were going to make like an thirty sorry a forty ninety Ti, and like the actual GPU was melting. <laughs> yeah, I I think they I think they need to like uh it's like power efficiency. I don't want to play with you anymore. You know, let's just how do we make the GPUs faster? Let's just make them triple slot cards and eight hundred watt. Fa- what are, what is it? The what is it? Five hundred watts, I think. Forty nine. I think it was five hundred. Five hundred. It's something ridiculous. Uh. Uh. Power supply requirements. RTX thirties. Uh. I can't feel. Forty four gigabyte. OCD. People have to ask: Is a thousand watt power supply enough for a forty ninety? <laughs> Specifications. Uh, 751. <laughs> That's more than what my system has right now. <laughs> yeah, recommended system power, 750 watts. Yeah. And it's a triple slot card. <laughs> yeah. And it doesn't fit in any case known to man. It's like the fucking... Ah, um, oh, th- there's like... There's like this graphics card, like, uh, joke. It was like around, like, where... Uh, Oh, what was it? Oh, I don't remember. It's like this meme about like a, a like absolutely absurd graphics card that fits in no case known to man. Mm. That's like a uh, it's the length of like two cases, <laughs> uh, and like they benchmarked it with something called Bungholio Mark. <laughs> yeah, it's like there's this channel that like does like all these uh, fake graphics card, <laughs> fake graphics card. YouTube channel. Oh, uh, what is it? No, uh, <laughs> can't even find it now. Oh, yeah. Hey, but at least uh, there's a reason to buy things like the um, the Corsair Obsidian 1000D. This giant case that made no sense for years. But hey, you you can fit like a 4090 in it now. <laughs> yeah. I think I found the guy. 
Are you dead? Uh, yeah. If you can send it on the Discord. Yes, I found. I found it. You it's did? the Bitch and Fast 3D 2000. That's what it was called. <laughs> uh, they, they made like an April Fool's video with it. There's some Danish guy. I can hear that Danish accent. Hello, YouTube. I'm gonna oh. test a, a Bitch and Fast 3D 2000 uh, graphics card. Bitch and Fast 3D 2000. I uh, love uh, I'll this. Quickly... I'll quickly find the original thing. It was like for a, uh, a like a uh, joke tech. Ma uh, well, there was like a joke column on like a tech magazine, mm -hmm. <clears throat> and they basically just uh, oh that 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 looks crusty as all hell. Oh okay, I can get a uh, this crusty version. <laughs> the entire joke is just like it's basically all the graphics processors of oh, like the day just <laughs> combined into one GPU. <laughs> There's a 4090 video from a year ago, and it's very accurate. <laughs> yes. Uh. Jesus Christ. Oh. Hey, look, it, it's it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> what it means is that uh, AMD actually has some uh, some chance of uh, getting some attention right now because their cards are, you know, not. Lighting on fire and not drawing 750 watts and uh, are relatively sensibly priced. Yeah, and also <laughs> it uh, fits in a case that is like Does known to man. Case. Yeah, that's also a good advantage. <laughs> if I put a 4090 uh, in my case, I would be very well covering my, uh, my M.2 drive. Like, it would be very, very covered and very burning. <laughs> uh, now I'm uh. just looking at that, like, uh, bitch and fast 3D 2000 joke thing. It's just like, it's under, under no circumstances should this technology be sold to China list. <laughs> <laughs> uh. It's also just like, um, it shouldn't work, but it does. <laughs> oh, uh. God. I love that. I'll have to check out some then, of these uh, uh, some of these videos afterwards. Yeah, and then the bottom is like, Vichy Loca is fully owned subsidiary of Apple Computers. Bitch and Fast 3D 2000 supports neither OpenGL nor Direct3D, nor does it fit in any case known to man. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what is this NVIDIA 2090 8-way NV link? Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. Uh. That's absolutely cursed. And then they're testing the 3DX with a 5, 9,000. 32. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That... <laughs> I uh, love it. That's, that's great. Oh. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely going to go check those ones out afterwards. Um... <laughs> uh, God. Sometimes people are into it. It's where it just makes like really great things. Sometimes, and then other times, uh, you know, you're like, why does the internet exist? Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of um, uh, why does the internet exist, I noticed you got a little bit uh, a little bit annoyed with the, the D-Lang community not that long ago. Uh, yeah, I've dealt with a lot of shit from that. It's uh, So, like, there's great people in the D-Lang community, but, mm. um, uh, and they want it to be better. But uh, Mike, Walter, mm -hmm. Mike and Walter, like uh, the two people doing well. Mike my, my, uh, Walter is like the, Walter Bright is the guy who makes D, so he's kind of the BDFL at least of the DMD compiler. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, Mike is just like someone moderating the forums or will admin administrating them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the forums are technically just a mailing list with a front end in front of it, but uh, we'll ignore that part. <laughs> uh, so, the T-Line community has a toxicity problem, mm -hmm. a very bad one. Uh, and it's mostly, well, the fault of uh, Mike and Walter, because mm -hmm. they are like... <clears throat> They have a this like no poli uh, no politics dance, which on the surface makes sense, but then uh, I'm like a trans woman, and I'm implicitly because the stupid world we live in, I'm implicitly political, just by existing for some reason. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I I've experienced some uh, pretty nasty things in the D community, like people sending me uh, not great pictures of their. Their things, uh, you you know what I mean. Uh, I've also experienced harassment and stuff. Uh, and like in the past, when I've tried to call it out, it's just basically nothing. Mm -hmm. So I just kind of gave up at one point. Well, I I get the the no politics thing. Like, like I can understand that being the stance, but that doesn't have to then mean that you just ignore harassment. Like that's not how that has to go. Yeah. Well. The thing is, with no politics, it mostly just means I, I, we want politics, but only the status quo. Mm -hmm. And basically, uh, most people, especially people I've shown D-Lang, bounce off it because of the toxicity of the community. Right. So, I, I, I like D-Lang, it's a great language. I've made Inochi 2 in it, and I'm like, I make my living writing it now. Yeah. But it's, it's going to be hard finding contributors for Inochi 2D in the future if everyone just gets turned away by Mm -hmm. by the toxic community that are in parts of it like and like yeah there there is great uh, people in the community but um they don't have the power to actually change this yeah so why it's was kind of like uh sorry go on uh, it's, it's just kind of a terrible situation in my in my opinion <laughs> mm -hmm. i was going to ask why was delaying what you ended up going with in the first place um, oh, uh, I just started using it in 2016 and really liked it. I was like, well, this is my project. I choose what I write in. I write in D. Sure, okay. I mean, I, I'm the most productive in the language, so if I'd written it in some, something else, it would have taken way longer to get to this point. Right, so. right. I feel that's the thing the Excel set is like productivity, because it, for the most part, just gets out of your way. Right. So. You know, that's, that's a, as good a reason to pick a language as any. I know it. It's good. It's fine. Don't don't worry about it. <laughs> I think uh, a lot of people get a little bit too hung up. Or I've definitely noticed, especially in my comment section, a lot of people get very hung up on very specific languages. They're like, "Oh, this is written in Python. This is written, in, especially Rust. Oh my god!" But I get some fun <laughs> comments anytime I talk about anything in Rust. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Rust is fine. I just wouldn't make game dev tech in it. Like, I, I've written plugins for text editors or whatever in Rust, and it's fine for that, but I just don't think think it's a good fit for like game dev and game dev tooling. Mm -hmm. Most because like uh, the borrow checker and the syntax makes it hard to make good game engine game dev code, in my opinion. Yep. But that's just my personal opinion. Rust developers disagree with me and makes games in it anyway, so... Well, I'm I sure mean, if just you had the experience you, that like, you have in D and Rust, you would have a very different opinion. I mean, I tried to make do game dev stuff in Rust for a year, and I was like, yeah, this is not really a good fit for what I want to do. Fair enough. So. 
it's working for some people though. But I, the the point I was getting at there was the language you pick isn't like it's not as important as some people make it out to be. Like there's this idea that I I very I hear very often from people who it's usually people who are either not programmers altogether or very early programmers that yeah. think the language is somehow going to stop you, like, either going to stop you or make you write good code. Like, you can write yeah. bad Rust code that's going to be horribly slow and very, very, very bad at handling memory. You can do this exact same thing with C. Or if you're someone who's you know, understands the language, understands the tooling you're working with, knows how to actually use it, you can write something good in, you know, pretty much anything. Now, there are obviously going to be disadvantages using some things, like, you know, you're writing yeah. a game in JavaScript, and that's going to go pretty poorly for you. Um, no, not always. It depends on the game you're making. Fair, but... You know, it, there's only a... When you're using a language like JavaScript, there is going to be the inherent limitations Overhead. of the language. Like, yeah. there are some things you can't overcome. Um... But I've especially seen this with, like, CLI tools, for example. Like, it really doesn't matter when it's just doing a bit of text parsing what language you use. Yeah. It's going to be fine. Maybe it'll be, like, you know, a tenth of a second quicker, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, like, 500 milliseconds or something. It's, like, mm -hmm. it's nothing. Maybe, maybe 10 milliseconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, yeah. But, no, we gotta got to be tribal about every single... Uh, Every single thing we use. You can't just accept that, you know, it, it's working, so it's fine to keep using. Yeah. I mean, there are some languages that have inherent uh, problems when you need to scale them. For example, mm -hmm. Mastodon is written in Ruby, but Ruby is not great at scaling mm -hmm. when it comes to, like, infrastructure. So I'm a bit unhappy about uh, that uh, scaling problem because mm -hmm. uh, we want to start scaling VT Social at some point. Yeah, that's. Uh, I've definitely like, heard that Mastodon is a bit of a pain to host compared to uh, some of the other Fediverse applications yeah. like uh, Pluroma, for example. Pluroma. Yeah. Yeah, it is a bit of a pain to host, also because the back end and front end are just so tightly integrated. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's, a bit of, it's a bit annoying, but mm -hmm. it is what it is. Uh, at some point, I might just like rewrite <laughs> Mastodon in another language to make it like easier to maintain because mm. that's the main problem i just find the code hard to maintain there's just way too much magic happening underneath the hood in ruby yep. for me to like like it yep 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 like, oh, like I, yeah, that's just personal i, I, I just dealt with being burnt so. out i you know what maybe re rewriting mastodon alongside what i'm doing is a good idea it <laughs> <laughs> seems like yeah. a, a recipe for burnout and, and 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 working on my game engine and moderating an instance and yeah okay Yo, maybe yeah. I maybe I maybe yeah. I'm a bit of a workaholic but make <laughs> it's fine. Sometimes I play Final Fantasy, so it's okay. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, um, before we completely diverge from Image Two D, one thing I did want to ask you about was the the license. So you've gone with a. Is this the case for all of the tooling? I know on the library it's BSD2 clause. Yeah, is it the same for the other BSD tools as well, class. or is it just a library? Yes, all of them are BSD2 clause. I can understand why you went with a permissive license, but why specifically that license as opposed to, you know, MIT or something like that? Uh, it's just MIT is slightly more annoying to work with if you're a game developer. Mm -hmm. So 
BSD is just nice and easy to work with. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it's more likely that game developers will pick it up if it's just like, okay, we can just drop it in and we just need to throw this license file somewhere. Yeah, yeah. What Meanwhile, was... MIT has the entire sub-licensing clause that's kind of confusingly worded, so mm -hmm. nobody really knows how to, like, execute it. <laughs> right, right. Uh... Right, that makes sense. So it sort of just seemed like the sort of the simplest thing to allow integrations to happen. Yeah, because, uh, well, uh, I know game games, for the most part, cannot be open source. I mean, there is open source game projects, but, like, if you're trying to sell a game and you want to, like, you know, earn a living off of it, mm -mm. Choice, the chances are likely that you won't open source your game. Yeah, yeah. That's just the, the reality of the situation. So I want to at least let there be some open alternative. So, like, especially developers who are marginalized or don't have the same kind of uh like money situation as like bigger developers has a chance to use this tech yeah yeah as opposed to you know swimming in licensing fees with live 2d <laughs> yeah like you, you have to pay licensing for each region so like oh good luck God. Paying, like yeah so like if you want to sell a game in europe and asia and america good luck you're gonna pay licensing three times Jeez. <laughs> Wait, so if you just, if you wanted to just have a game on Steam, that would be a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> Yet people still do it, but I guess like they, they expect well companies do it. I, I guess they expect that they will earn enough from the sales that the the licensing fees they're swimming in won't be too much of a problem. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, for me I I thought that was kind of silly, so there's no licensing fees for Nochi 2D. You're just Take the code and use it for whatever. Add stuff to it if you want to, if your game requires it. Mm -hmm. I would be happy if you would contribute stuff back, but you don't have to. Stuff like that. So, One thing you mentioned before was uh, a game engine you were working on. I didn't know you actually uh, you were doing that. What's what's going on with that? Oh, it's just a um, side project. Mm. Um, you know the lesbian Fox Girl Mahjong thing? Yes. Basically, yes. I've, I've started working on those. I mean, it's a family of engines because I have like seven of them i make i basically have like a core engine and then i expand them to fit the specific game uh-huh so i i'm just basically back to doing that like occasionally mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so it's, it's nothing special so it's uh, sort of just as like I, I, a, a way to not always be working on the exact same thing all the time yeah basically mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um so yeah the, the game i'm working on right now because uh me and Seagetch, which is the Japanese contributor, will be working on another game, but that will be very Inochi 2D related because it's going to be like a demo of Inochi 2D used for game development. Ah, okay. But before then, I'm just I'm just poking on my own little game project. Mm -hmm. Uh, a lesbian fox called Metroid Radio. Yay! <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, I'll find a way to get fox girls into anything I make. I mean, Inochi 2D has the the mascot. Ah, uh, yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Look, it's not bad. I'm, it's, that's perfectly fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a bit, bit uh, eccentric. Is that what to call it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, well, since we brought it up, uh, Mastodon and the whole, the whole, you know, Twitter situation with the elongated muskrat. Uh, this has been fun. I've I, been, I've been enjoying. I call it. I call him either Elon Muskie Husky or uh, Space Karen. 
<laughs> oh, God. Where do we even be- Like, it seems like every time... No matter what I do, like, every show I do recently, it's like something has to come up about, about Twitter and Elon. Um, uh, you know, we'll start with something positive. VT Social. So... I started a Mastodon instance you did. for VTubers. How's that been going? We can't keep up with how many people are trying to join. <laughs> wow. So, how many people right are now is like, actually on there right now? 800 and something, and there's 200 in the queue. <laughs> so what would so, the... I know you've mentioned there are requirements for being on, on VT Social, but what are the... What, what are they? Uh, if you're a VTuber, you need to have at least one hour of content uh, mm -hmm. over two VODs or, like, yeah, two streams, basically. Yeah. Um, if you're a artist or, a, like, someone who makes, like, stuff for VTubers, mm -hmm. uh, you, need to have, that you need to at least have worked commercially for one, uh, two VTubers. Or mm -hmm. I, I made commercial work two times for at least one VTuber, rather. Yeah. And if you're a fan artist, you basically have to just predominantly do VTuber fan art. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So and no that's v the requirements. So no V tweeters. Uh, depends. Like tweet tweets can be content too. There are some people who do short form video content on Twitter. We mm -hmm. would allow those. Right. It's right, just right. we just want to make sure that it's just not like people who go like, uh, "I want to be a VTuber," and that's all they tweet about, and they never really do anything about it. Right. 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 So. Yeah. There's we, definitely. We want a... to... <clears throat> Sorry. Yeah. I was just like, yeah, we we want to have people who actually want to do it on the platform. Right. Yeah, I've, <coughs> I've definitely noticed a lot of those people where they're like, I am debuting soon, one day. And it was like a year later, they're still debuting soon. I mean, that's my situation, but at least I stream with my model. Well, you have a model, <laughs> so <laughs> you've at least made some yeah. progress. And and you are, you know, working on the software to actually get the, uh, the VTubing working. So I think you're an exception. Yeah. Maybe. Most people aren't, you know, working on a live 2D replacement. <laughs> I would say a replacement. It's more an alternative. Sure, Granted, okay. Considering live 2D does not like Inochi 2D, uh, I I have some receipt for that, but I, I don't want to get people into trouble, so I won't, like, get 2D into it. Uh -uh. But, yeah, they're not too happy about my project, so <laughs> I don't think they want us to coexist, but I would be fine with it, coexisting mm. with them. I but, think what yeah. would make them really unhappy is if, like, a, you know, a big VTuber suddenly existed that was using an OG2D. Mm. I'm thinking of a, 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 a yellow-haired, blonde-haired VTuber <laughs> who does Linux stuff. <laughs> mm, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, get her a lot more attention. Uh... <laughs> but, um... What has the... Actually, well, what went into... I've never set up Mastodon. Like, what, what's the process of actually setting it up? Well, our process is different because we actually have, like, physical servers in a Japanese data center. Mm -hmm. So... But otherwise, we're just... We're running a fork of Mastodon where we have our own changes. Like, we have our own set of uh, emotes and stuff mm -hmm. uh, installed on it uh, to replace the default ones. Um and we also run, like, the Glitch Edition, which has, like, extra features. Like, you can do uh, markdown posts and stuff. Oh, that's cool. <clears throat> um, where did I get to? Brain, brain 404. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
But yeah, uh, we, we run a modified Mastodon, and we basically, right now, they run directly on the server mm -hmm. uh, without like any containerization. But Lena wants to do some infrastructure upgrades mm -hmm. uh, soon, trademark, when she has time. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> unless, unless Lena decides to stream it, when does Lena have time? Uh, when she's not streaming? <laughs> yeah, she's she 12 I mean, hour streams. What do you. <laughs> I mean, she takes a good old nap afterwards, and usually I talk with her the day after. Sure, so. okay. But yeah. Um, oh, my brain is like going blank. There's <laughs> <laughs> something else to say there. Um, uh. So, <clears throat> what made you want to go and set up, bes uh, you know, besides the fact that, you know, all the Twitter stuff's happening. Like, people are going to places besides Twitter. We'll see if that they continue doing that or if everyone just gives up. But what made you want to go and set up your own Mastodon instance rather than just, you know, migrating to one that already existed? Uh, because it didn't exist one specific for VTubers. Initially, mm -hmm. we were just going to make it the Node Party Live one and just, like, have only us on it. Mm-mm. But then we later decided, uh, maybe due to this entire situation, we should like expand that purpose to be just a VTuber instance. Yeah, yeah. At that point, we didn't know about the other VTuber instances that exist, so we just ended up creating uh, now the biggest VTuber instance. Wait, so there one, there were ones that were there. It's just no, not really when we were using them. Yeah, they were like spawning around at the same time as us. Ah, uh, okay, okay. That's that's a bit different then. I thought it was like one but that maybe had been a little bit established. Yeah, but uh, we're we're the one with the bit the most resources, so mm -hmm. we're also the biggest one. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that that that's just how it be. <laughs> so, what's the uh, the the moderation experience been like? Ha have people been civil? Have they been good internet uh, citizens, or have they have you had to like you know punish a few people? Uh, surprisingly, most people have been sensible it's just like there's a few instances just dedicated to just harassing people that we've had to like defederate but otherwise it's fine yeah i can definitely well <clears throat> there's definitely ones that are for that but there's definitely ones that shouldn't be federated with anyway because they're hosting things that are not exactly legal <clears throat> oh that too yeah we also just defederate those yeah so. um i i i can think of i'm not even gonna bother listing them but there's definitely a few that are that come to mind. Because um, I'm on an instance mm. that is pretty pretty open about Federation. Like, they'll federate with pretty much anyone. But their list of... They do have a couple of instances that are blocked. And they are like the... Hey, this is... Someone should send the FBI to the people running this server sort of instance. Yeah. Um, uh. Yeah. <laughs> That's the problem with something being federated. Like, it's... It's great that anybody can do it, but the problem is that anybody can can do it. And when anybody can do it, then you're going to run into people that are... Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like uh, Twitter had that same problem too. But mm -hmm. like with Mastodon and basically any federated social network, uh, you as an administrator have the, the ability to basically just eat those people so you can make a nice user experience for users. Mm -hmm. And like we, we are pretty like... Uh, also, like, we're not as heavy-handed when it comes to defederation. It's only when, like, the instance is either too scuffed, uh, yep. has, has way too scuffed things on it. Again, like, FBI should probably show up at their door. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or uh, instances that are dedicated to, like, 
alt-right stuff, because mm-hmm. like uh, most of our users, uh, they would they would not be happy about those kind of people harassing them. Mm-hmm. And then just instances dedicated to harassing people. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of and, uh, a lot of those that exist as well. Yeah, so that that that's basically our defederation policy. Otherwise, if it's just like some instance where like one person is a douchebag, then like yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, people can block that douchebag individually <clears throat> if they want to. Yeah, I've definitely seen there are some, especially some big instances. Uh, the biggest instance, which are a little bit like that in some cases, where you look at their at their block list and you're like, I don't, I don't understand why this is blocked. I, mm. it, look, it, that, that's the thing though. Like the problem that a lot of people are seeing with the way that the Mastodon works is the fact that they're just joining servers at random. Like I've seen a lot of people that are like, you know, like, oh, I got banned from this instance for, you know, there was, there was a popular post going around. Like I got banned for this instance for being a capitalist um, I got banned for this instance for <laughs> uh, this thing or for that thing. Stop joining random instances. Look at their rules. Read the rules. Yeah. I mean, we also have like a strict, like, no NFT, crypto, whatever spam. Like, yeah, if you're yeah. doing that, then we're also going to ask you, well, we're going to be nice about it. We're going to ask you to leave and let you migrate your account before we ban you. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but otherwise, I, yeah. We... Well, when it comes to spam, like, that's, that's different. Like, if you're just... Yeah. If he is trying to be a nuisance, like whatever, get out. Yeah, but also just in general, we don't we don't care much for like NFT crypto stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's just basically if, if that's if that's your entire shtick, then please just find another server to be on. Mm. No, that's fair. No, I, I totally get that. Yeah. What if they're um, a <laughs> what? What if they're an that, investing? I know there exist NFT VTubers, but I um, uh, no, I wasn't yeah. going to say an NFT VTuber. But like an investing VTuber that talks a lot about crypto, or is that like this weird gray area where you're like, I work it out. I mean, if if all they talk about is investing, then yeah, we're also gonna ask them to leave. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Because that's not what that's not what our instance is about. Totally fair. No, that's fair. <laughs> like that's the important uh... thing. Like learn what the instance's rules are. Join something that works, and you'll be good. Like if you. Yeah. I if if you join, let's say you have an instance. Well, kind of. of... They're, they're, mm. Like uh, the moderation and like user control tools, like the, the uh, tools users have to like improve their experience, are kind of terrible in Mastodon. Mm, it has okay. a UX problem. Well, and, I don't, I don't uh, mean the you... like the federation with other servers. Like that's going to be an issue. I mean, like if you join, I, an I instance... mean, also means on a personal level, like mm. on, like blocking people and stuff. Like oh, it's, right. it's yeah. There needs to be way more fine-grained control, and it's not there. And mm-hmm. that's what we want to add with the, the fork of Mastodon we're running. Right, right. Now, the, the point I was making um, was, like, you, like, maybe the people that you interact with on that server are going to be, or, like, federated with that server are going to be annoying. But, like, you specifically won't get banned from a server if you join a server that aligns with, like, what you want to, what you're, how you're going yeah. to be acting and what you're going to, like, be discussing. Yeah. Like, if you join uh, an investing... Like if you bastard all about investing and you talk about investing, you're not going to get banned for investing. But if you join something Uh about puppies and then you talk about investing, like of course you're going to get banned. Like what are you doing here? Go away. (laughs) Yeah. So (laughs) this this mess for like 
leaving Twitter has also opened up a lot of people to trying out other platforms besides besides Fediverse platforms. And one of the big ones that... Actually, there's two big ones that people have been talking about recently. One of them is Tumblr, which I actually will... We'll get, we'll get into Tumblr in just a bit because they are doing something really yeah. cool that I don't know if you heard yeah. about. Um, I have. But Hive... No, I know you've heard about Tumblr. I don't know if you've heard about the cool thing they're doing, though. I have heard about oh. the cool thing they're doing. Okay, there. Okay. But Hive... Activity Pub. Yes, yes. The activity uh, Pub and Tumblr. Yes. But Hive... Yes. Oh, God, not that. I, like, <laughs> I see so many... Like, I saw a bunch of YouTubers, like, fear-mongering about, like, uh, Mastodon. Like, oh, no, the administrator knows your email and your IP. Of course we do. We, we need to store this stuff to, like, half your account and to... If law enforcement, like, if you do something really scuffed and we you need to give the info to law enforcement, yeah. then we also need to store the info as per law, so we can't, mm -hmm. like... <laughs> but we are, we are like, following a GDPR, so it's not like we're going to show this stuff to randos. They know your email address and your IP. Like, yes, that's how connecting to a server works. <laughs> like... Yeah. I mean, Hive knows those the two, and, like, they're... Way shadier than, like, someone who runs a service for public good. <laughs> well, I had never heard of Hive before a week ago. I don't think anybody yeah. had. Yeah, I think my my theory is that, like, they probably paid influencers to join it and then shill it, and that's how it suddenly blew up. That wouldn't surprise they... me, actually. Yeah, because they have, like, angel investor money and whatever. Uh-huh. Because all I know about, like, Hive as a like as a you know how they're they're structured is like two guys run the platform and that's uh, a woman and a guy who might be fired but might not be fired because uh, he says said a bunch of really scuffed things and they're saying he's fired but there's signs that he's not fired and he, like a week ago said like oh we've made a new update <laughs> okay. Sure. And it also apparently used to be, like, a very right-wing-oriented social media when mm. they've just, like, randomly pivoted. Well, I don't know what to think about that because I've I've heard two sides of this coin. I've heard some people complaining that Hive is, like, it's full of nothing but, like, LGBT leftists and all of this, and then other people are like, no, it's nothing but the alt-right. And I'm just like... I don't think anybody knows what's happening on Hive. I think... Yeah, it's just a shit show. Yeah. Cause it, <laughs> I, if it's both at the same time, like, those... that That's not how... Like, what are we doing? Like, I, I, I think like, people uh, jumping someone... onto, like one, like, one comment, one story, and they're just rolling with it, and it, it's hard yeah. to really have a good understanding of what's really going on, especially because there is that giant influx of users right now. Yeah. Another thing is just, like, their past history that has mm. been dug up. Like, again, they, they started in 2021, and initially they were going for, like, a right-wing kind of deal. Mm -hmm. And then they pivoted, probably because they want more users. So. Well, yeah, now that Twitter has take, is, like, being run by Elon, like, pushing the, hey, we're the right-wing social media platform isn't, like, that's not the way you're going to get users, because now... Yeah, like that. Twitter like, is that. Twitter is that. So it's just like, well, all of these platforms that their entire selling point was we are right wing platforms now doesn't work. Yeah, so one eighty, we, we're we're very lefty, and uh, uh, you can post your lewd art or whatever here now. Mm -hmm. Don't look at our missing privacy policy or anything. They don't have a, they don't have a, I'm sorry, what? They don't have a privacy policy? No, the most of their like 
things for like privacy policy and stuff like that is just not there. So it's oh. just like, and the app is like half broken, buggy. Oh, they have like one people on are on their website now. I don't know if what's if it's. Yeah. I don't really know if it's privacy out. policy or whatever. But yeah, it's very um very short for a privacy policy. Uh, let's see. Log data. We want to inform you that whenever we use our service, in case of an error in the app, we collect data information through third-party products on your phone called log data. The log data may include information such as your device, uh, internet protocol address, IP, device name, operating system version, the configuration of the app when utilizing our service, the time and data that in use of your service, and other statistics. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm not seeing anything... It's horribly standing out to me right now, but I've not done a full reboot. Yeah. I think people are just jumping. Well, okay. It it does. It's very amusing watching this from like I don't like they I don't really get that much into politics nowadays. But looking at this from the outside, mm-hmm. a year back you had a bunch of right wingers jumping to every single platform. Like, that was not Twitter. And now the exact same thing is happening in reverse. Everyone is terrified the exact same thing is going to happen on the left now. It's like, don't just jump to any social media platform that just suddenly existed out of nowhere and then expect it to be, like, a long-term platform. Like, don't just trust everyone with your data. It's, It's not a good idea. Yeah, and with, like, how buggy it is and stuff, I'm like... Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if they store passwords, plain text, or something silly like that. Well, they, they're I, bound to be hacked soon, and we'll find out. But. I actually, I tried to make an account. Um, so I'm using. I, I don't know if the the iOS version works better, but I was using the Android app, and I try to make an account. And when I go through the like account setup process, it's like, oh, something suspicious is happening on this device. We are not going to continue. Like, okay, whatever. Uh, it was like when they're trying to like send me the verification codes, like oh something suspicious is happening on this device. Like okay, I try to log in. So I'm like okay, maybe if I log in now without verifying it, they'll be able to like send me the code. And it's like oh something oh. went wrong. I try again later. Something went wrong. Try again later, and I tried again later, and just kept doing the same thing. So I couldn't even make an account on the service. Yeah. And people are probably, like, editing their profile and shit because it just breaks. Mm-hmm. I know there have been... And um... also, uh, and people, uh, like, ads, like, you know, username's not uh, unique, so people can just keep creating uh, mm-hmm. users under the same ad, so there's just, like, a million accounts called Ad Genshin Impact, for example. <laughs> yep. Uh, I, I saw... Um, I think it was, was Mouse was tweeting about it, actually. Uh, people were asking her about hive and they're like oh are any of these these accounts called iron mouse zero account it's like i'm not using i'm not using hive <laughs> there's just a bunch <laughs> of fake iron mouse accounts now yeah it's, it's it's we're back to twitter blue except this time people can literally have the same app <laughs> oh the twitter oh. blue situation was so bad it was so funny though <laughs> especially all the people pretending to be elon and then getting themselves banned. Yeah, uh, well, H3H3 and Kathy Griffin were the two big ones that got banned from that, but other people got banned as well. Um, yeah. Then there was the medical company that lost a shitload of money because someone made... Yeah, Eli Lilly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, uh, insulin's free now, and their evaluation <laughs> just dropped. It's like, come on, how did you not think this was going to happen? Because he... he it, 
He announced it. He, he's just said on Twitter, it's just like, I, I, I expect people to be nice. Mm. <laughs> well, the problem um. with the, the whole Twitter blue thing is he announced it and shipped it out within like a week or so, which, you know, is relatively impressive to get a new system out like that that quickly. The problem is... I mean, crunch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but the problem is that a lot of people didn't know that this had happened so people didn't know that check marks now meant nothing. So everyone thought they were like legitimate accounts. Um, but I, I'm sure also, you've you've seen the email about uh, Twitter 2.0 where Elon was like, "Hey, we're gonna work high intensity, long hours to make sure this gets done." Just like, um, uh, yeah, it's just like. Also, uh, please press yes on this uh, to sign up for it. Otherwise, uh, you can have a severance package. And then, like, almost nobody said yes. I'll find the exact email. Uh, can I also like... I just realized this seltzer that I just opened has higher alcohol volume than the other one I opened. That's interesting. <laughs> You're on your second drink. It's like midday. I mean, this is the first uh, seltzer I'm drinking. Oh, okay. Right, but didn't you have that, that... the other drink? Oh, that's not one I finished ages ago. It's just the can is just on my table. I have to oh, clean up. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Uh, can I find this email? Oh my god, can some... This email was going around Twitter. Why can I not find it now? Uh, images. Here we go. A fork in the road. There we go. Thank you, Mashable cool. India, for actually letting me see the email. Um, <laughs> a fork in the road. Going forward to build a breakthrough Twitter 2.0 and succeed is uh, in an increasingly competitive world. We will need... Yeah, we will need to be extremely hardcore. This will mean working long hours at high intensity. Only exceptional performance will constitute a passing grade. Twitter will also be much more engineering driven and uh, design and product management will still be very important and report to me, but those writing great code will constitute the majority of our team and have the greatest sway. At its heart, Twitter is a software and service company, so I think this makes sense. If you are sure you want to be part of new Twitter, click yes on the, <laughs> click yes on the form below. Anyone who has not done so by 5pm ET tomorrow, Thursday, will receive three months of severance. Which, I like how he's saying that as if it's like some exceptional thing, but I'm pretty sure that's like the minimum legal requirement. Um, also, uh, that email also breaks European and African uh, employment law, so he's being sued by both Europe and Africa right now as well. I'm sorry, what? I'd missed that one. Uh, uh, so in, in Europe, you, you, uh, you cannot fire someone in that way. Uh, uh -huh. You have to like to terminate the contract. You need to like have a meeting where you are there with the union and stuff. And you can't just like do it like that. So uh, a bunch of people from Germany and other places in Europe are suing Elon <laughs> right now for that. Uh... For, for basically legally terminating their contract. Oh, yeah, it's in Ghana that he's also being sued as well. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but he's Elon. He can do what he wants. He's Elon. Yeah. it's. Uh, I mean, that's just the cost of running business. <laughs> Which is another reason why you should not sign up in Hive, because you can probably trust people who run these services that have to follow GPDR, mm -hmm. GDPR. More than just like a random like LLC that pops up, because mm -mm. for them, just like fucking up with your user, user data is just can be the cost of running business. Yeah. For me, it's way more uh, 
more dangerous for me to like fuck up with people's data. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I honestly, if if you're going to like go somewhere, just, and it's not going to be the Fediverse, just stay on Twitter. Like you, yeah. You, well, at least until it implodes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> if it doesn't make money, it's going to implode anyway because of the fucking um the the loan that and the interest that the company has to pay now. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> but um, what was I? All oh, right. Um, so one of the things that I don't like about the the jump that's been happening over to over to Mastodon is that a lot of people think that the Fediverse is just Mastodon, which yeah. is leading a lot of people to be very confused about like what like like what it really is. Mm. I I get that it's a very different sort of model, but I kind of wish this push uh, this push did sort of. Let people understand more about like Activity Pub as a as a way of um, you know connecting the service together rather than just oh it's Mastodon it's another service that exists like this. Yeah, um, that's a problem that with joinmastodon.org it doesn't really highlight the fact that it's not one social media it's like seventeen thousand of them that's interconnected. Yeah. And then the the main one people join Mastodon.social always has its signups locked because people just think that that's the way you join Mastodon. Mm. But, you know, uh, that that might be helped by, uh, you know, Tumblr doing activity pub. Yeah, I mean, uh, I see a bunch of instance admins being like, we're probably going to block this immediately because it's probably going to introduce like a bunch of ads into the Fediverse because that's a good way to sell ad space. Mmm, that's a good, that's a really good point. I'd not even thought of that. Huh. Yeah, I'm very curious to see what they actually do with the... Because if they just keep the ads on just the Tumblr platform itself, that's not going to be anywhere near as, uh, as you know, monetarily uh, beneficial. Yeah, but if they distribute it over ActivityPub, then... Mmm. That, that's going to be annoyance for administrators and stuff. Mmm. But besides that, I think the idea of... Tumblr doing activity pubs probably probably for the best. Like Yeah. Tumblr no no one cares yeah. about Tumblr at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I mean a lot bunch of artists have joined it. So. Mm-hmm. I yeah, that's um one thing I, I've heard from some people that um they're actually excited about because they've moved over to Mastodon now. So if Tumblr goes activity pub, then, then they you don't can just have follow to... their Tumblr blogs. Yeah, like... yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's definitely it's definitely really cool. Yeah, I am curious and to see uh, if they I actually follow it. through with it. But yeah, I mean, uh, they basically made it a public part of the roadmap that once they have handled all the user sign air up, that they will start working on activity pub support. Oh, I didn't know that actually. I like, fully confirmed it because um, I know it was like a discussion that the I think a CEO was talking about. Um... Yeah, basically the CEO confirmed that there. Uh, after they've handled all the influx of users, then they all start working on an activity pub. So, hmm. so hopefully, you know, maybe sometime Soon. next year. Yeah, if, that's uh, gonna be interesting. Yeah, well, what I'm I'm curious to see what happens is if Twitter does stick around, at least you know for the coming months. If this sort of trend of leaving Twitter continues, because this sort of happens. 
it happens every so often, like some big event will happen, people will be like, I'm leaving this social media platform, and people, like a lot of people do leave, but like the same things happen with Facebook, for example, like some big, you know, data leak or something will come out and be like, Facebook's bad, everyone leave Facebook, and then, you know, two months, three months pass, and everyone sort of forgets about that, and it goes back to yeah. business as usual. It's very likely that that's going to happen with Twitter, especially if Elon doesn't like uh, completely screw it up. Uh, fa Facebook has been bleeding users heavily for a few years now. They have, but it's not like, you know, it, it's still, it still has a massive user base. So it's like it's yeah, they're bleeding users. But it's mostly old grandmas that have no idea how the hell to like move to other platforms. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, the thing with Facebook uh, is they don't need to bleed users to lose money. They just need to let Zuckerberg keep trying to push the metaverse. <laughs> yeah. What was he? Yeah. They lost like 75% of their value over the past year or something ridiculous like that. Yeah, he's just like, I'm going to do the uh, the Fediverse. I'm going to do the metaverse and whatever happens with Facebook, whatever, I don't care. If I remember correctly, the evaluation of uh, Facebook is now in the range of like a couple of the big US hardware stores or something ridiculous like that. Yeah. Hey, yeah. look! Someone has to dump money into into VR to so we can get to SAO. <laughs> uh, Let Zuckerberg be the sacrificial lamb. They <laughs> Zuckerberg can do it. Everyone else after that can be like, "Ah, oh, yes, VR's good now. Let's actually make something with it." Yeah, maybe. I mean, VR is okay. I guess. I mean, I haven't tried it, but uh, Pete. People I know who use it say mm. it's pretty great now. At least if you like doing Beat Saber and VR chat. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, that's basically the two, the, the two things that that people use it for. Mm -hmm. well, yeah, it's... And then like Mark Zuckerberg, virtual office. <laughs> and also uh, Sweet Baby Ray's uh, barbecue sauce. <laughs> like all uh, the, all that needs to happen for people to care about the metaverse is for something good to actually be made. Like no one wants to be like, ah oh, yes, let's have our office meeting with VR headsets on. Like, okay, sure, why not? No, stop it. I mean, it has one cool thing that you can have like multiple virtual screens inside of the VR headset. That's yeah, I've seen a lot of stuff about but... that. That is really neat. But otherwise, yeah, yeah it's, I think, it seems a bit bulky. Yeah, for for productivity stuff, as they as headsets get cheaper and they get better, I guess the Facebook one, oh Meta's one, is going the other direction, it's getting more expensive. But as they get cheaper, generally so, I think that's going to be one of those things that does eventually become like a a viable thing, a viable way to actually use it, like. Rather than having, you know, I have a triple monitor set up, you could replace that with a, a headset and get, you know, in, in some cases, an even better experience. Yeah. I mean, I have a triple blinder set up too now. Mm -hmm. And one of them is vertical because you told me to try to make it vertical last time and it's just been vertical since then. I actually have two <laughs> vertical monitors. I, I only have I one have... horizontal display. I have two horizontal and one, one vertical. The two... Uh, the... One horizontal is 1080p, one is uh, 4K, and then the other, the vertical one is 1080p. I don't recall ever saying that, but it sounds like something I would say. Yeah, I, I think we talked about like flipping the monitor, and then I did it while we were on the call. 
So and then I, I just kept it since then. <laughs> so what, what's your, your vertical monitor experience been like then? How are you enjoying it? I mean, it's it's just a monitor on the side whenever I have, like, Twitter. Well, not anymore Twitter, but, like, uh, Mastodon open. It's like, mm -hmm. okay, I can see my notifications in a long list instead. That's about it. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? You can just see everything. Well, not everything. I get so many notifications, it's just like, okay, well, I guess I still got to scroll. Oh, yeah, it's so popular. <laughs> uh, I, no, I, I have, like... I, I think the, the vertical um, monitors... No. Like, it's, it's definitely a, a great idea to at least have one of them. Like it's not just for you know Twitter and stuff. It's great for Discord or any anything where it's like a long feed of information. It it does a perfect job for that. Yeah. Well, uh, except the part where I have like slightly bad eyesight, so like text is small, so it does like put strain on my eyes to read it. Right. Because okay. I'm stupid and don't wear reading glasses, because that means I can't wear my headset. You should actually go get my eyes tested. It's been like three years. I should do that. <laughs> At some point, my eyes will start degrading. Last time I got my eyes checked, they're like, oh, you have perfect vision. Like, okay, sure, cool. Um, I'll feel like I have perfect vision. That might just be me being very tired all the time. Uh, but I should probably go and get them checked again just to see if that's actually the case or it is starting to become a problem. Because pretty much everyone in my family has at least reading glasses. So it'd be yeah. very surprising to me if that doesn't become a... Uh, an issue I have to worry about. My VTuber model is less stupid than me because she wears her reading glasses. <laughs> <laughs> can you take them off uh, or they're just stuck to your head? Uh, I can, but it requires like editing the model right now because I haven't made a trigger for it. Oh, okay. I thought it was going to be one of those things where, you know, your layers were just merged together and there was nothing you could do about it. Oh, no, I can. I just haven't, like, added the option for it. Just because I'm so used to having the glasses there that, like, it looks cursed when they're not there anymore. Mm, yeah, that's fair. No, that totally I want to sense. get my, uh, I want to get my model art redone at some point. And then I'm probably gonna make uh, the glasses talkable then. But then you'd have to, like, actually justify using it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the, the idea would be that I would use it for coding streams, and then for gaming streams I wouldn't use it. Mm -hmm. Stuff like that. Hmm, that's fair. That works. So, uh... I was gonna... Uh... Yep. Yep. <laughs> um... <laughs> we were initially going to talk about Final Fantasy fourteen before oh, we started, and then... yeah, we... you know what? We'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll I, I, why not? I, I, I'm a fox mate in Final Fantasy fourteen. I sent you a picture in DMs. Or a tweet. Uh... I made ages ago. See, ah, oh, that's adorable. Yeah. Let me open that picture here. We go. I I am the edgiest fox mate because I'm also a reaver. You <laughs> with a chain scythe. Lovely. <laughs> um, I will eventually eventually try out reaper. Uh, pretty much what I'm doing. I, I mean, uh, I'm I'm just starting Shadowbringers now, so. One day I'll get oh, to Endwalker, one day. But basically my 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 idea is when I go through the story of each expansion, I'm just playing a, a job from that expansion. Maybe I'll play Reaper or... Oh, I'm, I, I don't know if I'll play Reaper or Sage during Endwalker. Maybe I'll try Reaper. Reaper's fun. It looks fun. I remember well. the... um a, a couple of days... Not dead-on release because I couldn't log onto the servers, but when I could log into the servers because there wasn't... 20,000 people queue, 
Um, I remember doing like the MSQ roulettes and just any any roulette possible, and it was just nothing but sages at <clears throat> sages and reapers, and that's everything that was going on. <laughs> I did actually log in on first on the first day, but I was like awake for like four hours waiting in queue and kept getting kicked out of it. <laughs> yeah. It was a nightmare. But I did eventually get locked on and I played for like an hour before like the server crashed and mm-hmm. then I went back into the queue <laughs> and then I gave up for the day. Because uh. that was around the time the game was like really booming because a lot of um a lot of the big WoW streamers were jumping on as well. So it's like, well, yeah. uh, let's, you know, maybe you'll get to play the game one day, possibly. A month later, it was much better, but yeah. Because mm, I actually started... At the start... Oop. So, oh, at that time, I was working at a Danish games company, so mm-hmm. every morning before the we start, we I, I went to work, mm-hmm. I would start the game and just be in the queue, <laughs> and then I would work, and then I would occasionally, like, because they had, like, a timer that locked you out, I would occasionally move my character to not be locked out, and I would go back to work. <laughs> <laughs> and then as soon as work ended, I was like, Final Fantasy time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I only started playing um, earlier this year, but I've been really enjoying it. Do yeah, I, have any I started playing it last year. I wonder if I have any pictures of my character somewhere. Uh, I got it working on my Steam Deck too. That's nice. Ooh, I don't have a picture of my character, but I have a picture of my of art of my character that I use on my stream sometimes. Oh. Maybe we should play together at some point. Maybe. What? Uh, oh, okay. What uh, what what do you play on? What DC? I have multiple characters and multiple DCs. I am playing I on uh, on Aether right now. Uh, that's the American one, isn't it? Yes, yes. I don't have one in the American one. I have one in the Australian one, and I have one in the uh, European one. I have one in Odin. Uh, that's my main character in Odin. Mm-hmm. I have one in Asia, and that's uh, that's the three characters I have right now. Yeah, I, I was the... on. I oh, I did swap over to the Australian one when they first got created, and then I left because I uh, I was sick of the queues. <laughs> <laughs> it was real bad. Like I was going through the um the Stormblood Alliance raids, and I got to the the second uh the second Alliance raid, and I queued. Uh, I think Shadow of No, wait, what what was the Stormblood one? Um, the first one was like running on a lighthouse or something. Oh, okay, yeah. So the Evilis one—that's uh, the one yeah, I'm doing yeah. right now with a friend. Oh, nice. I haven't finished that one. So. Um, so I'm doing the Evilis quests. I queued for about eight hours and I didn't get a group because <laughs> on Oceanic, if it's not Aww. Crystal Tower, no one queues it. Ah, <clears throat> maybe. Possibly you'll get some of the Heaven's Ward Alliance raids, but anything past that, it is not happening. Wow. There's just a... And not just that, like, I was trying to do leveling roulette, and I, I typically main a healer because I like my healer privilege. It would take me 15 minutes to queue in leveling roulette as a healer. Oh my god. It was, And there was two people in the queue ahead of me. Like... It was rough. Yeah. Now we're from Aether. I just hit the button and I'm queued, which is great. I love it. But That's it- another picture. Uh, you can see my free company there. It has a nice name. <laughs> and do you know what it stands for? GF. 
Good fuck skill incorporated. <laughs> I couldn't call it gay fuck skill because apparently gay is the legal word. Oh, that's sad. <laughs> uh, so it became good fuck skill instead. That that's illegal, but uh, everyone can run around with the uh, <laughs> the the step warrior title. Oh God. No, I've been really enjoying my experience with 14. It's been a lot of fun. It's been a long time yeah. since I've been like super into a MMO because I played Same. I played RuneScape as a kid and I played that for like 7 years. That was yeah, I played RuneScape for a bit and then I got hooked on World of Warcraft and I got so burnt out on MMOs for like 7 years or something after getting through uh Cataclysm, I think. Mm-hmm. There was a nope. period of or, time I was going to play WoW. Like, my mates yeah. were, like, playing it. Like, oh, I can't play WoW. I think it was during, like, I think Mists of Pandaria. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. And that I was just... the one I burned out in, I think, actually. And I just it's the one never... with the pandas, so. Sorry. Um, I just yeah. never decided to actually play it. And this is like, well, <laughs> it's probably for the best, to be honest. Because if I, if I started playing that then, that was like sometime during high school, I would have just kept playing through university and maybe then I uh, would have just wasted more time than I already was uh, just watching anime all the time. Yeah. I mean, that, that's how it goes, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, I, I played a lot of uh, World of Warcraft and I got really burned out of it. And I started playing World of Warcraft because I really liked Warcraft 3. Mm. So it's like... Um, but yeah, stuff happened. I got burned out on it. I was like, I'm not never going to play an MMO again. Friends kept telling me uh, Final Fantasy XIV is really good. You should play it. And then I start playing it, and like, Around Reborn is kind of silly, so I didn't like. I didn't really. I, I made a bit fun of it. Then I watched mm-hmm. a documentary of it, it's like how it came to be, mm-hmm. and then I learned more about like how it like started out as like one game that got remade, and like how intriguing it was. Like, oh, this is actually kind of cool. And I get to have a sword, and I'm hooked, and I cry at, like, a scene. You know the scene. On the, the, the giant bridge with the, the blue-haired friend. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, and uh, uh, after that, I was hooked. <laughs> this is an unpopular opinion, but I actually don't, like... Uh, it's not bad, but I kind of think Stormblood's better than Heaven's Ward. I, I don't like Stormblood all that much. Like, it, the first half of it, like, uh, is good, and then the patch content just kind of ruins it. That's fair. I think. I uh, kind then... What I liked about Stormblood is it wasn't just like, hey, hero, save us, hero. It's just like you were just like sort of a another one of the the members of the the like the army trying to trying to stop the uh, the the Galleons. Um Whereas with Heaven's Ward, it's like, go fight the dragon, hero, hero. Save us, hero! <laughs> it's like, fine, I'm gonna do I, it I mean, anyway, I, but like... I think there was more to it than that for Heaven's Word. There definitely was, but, but, but I, I'm obviously simplifying it, but yeah. I, I do like the... I, I sort of like just being a part of the action rather than the primary focus of the action. Mm. If that makes any sense. Yeah, I think my favorite expansion would be Shadowbringers. That's what I hear from a lot of people. Yeah, I just like 
this like before then it's like kind of mild and sudden like there's just a massive tone shift in Shadowbringers and it mm. actually like makes it really intriguing. Yeah, like, I'm leveling my. You start um... out Shadow. Oh, oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. You. Start I was gonna say I'm leveling my uh, like... my gunbreaker to. It's delayed. I'll let you say that first. I was, I was saying <laughs> I'm leveling my gunbreaker to go through Shadowbringers. I'm almost almost at seventy, and then then that's gonna be the job I play through that expansion with. Yeah, but like, uh, you get into Shadowbringers, it's like, mm. okay, so this is probably going to be more of the same, I'm I'm somewhere else now, and then, holy shit, what is going on? <laughs> it just hits you like a brick, because like, you really, you really don't expect that massive tonal shift, like, right at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I know just a touch, I've been very, I, I guess the 14 community is very good at this, like, not spoiling stuff, just because of how big of a focus that is with, uh, with the game. Um, yeah. But I've been very, very careful about seeing anything related to spoilers. I know of a couple of characters that, you know, exist during this. I, you know, like, I know who the Crystal Exarch is, things like that. Um, but... Raha boy. <laughs> but, yeah, as for, like, you know, specific plot points, I've very much tried to avoid that. The thing with the Crystal Exarch, very difficult to avoid that one, because that's, like, you know... Watch the you you immediately trailer. kind of notice it. Yeah, yeah. Also, if you just watch the... Or like a Stinian coming back, for example. Like, you just watch the Endwalker trailer. It's like, okay. Okay, yeah. sure. Yeah, it, it, that one is kind of hard to avoid. I mean, you kind of immediately ca- can guess it from mm-hmm. the start of the game when you... When you see him, so... That I, one is not really that big of a plot twist, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Well... <laughs> it really annoys me how many times Asinian showed up during Stormblood. He's like, I'm going to save the day, and then he just leaves. It's like, Asinian, join the group! What are you doing? I mean, he's he's basically chasing down all those eyes. The, the Nidhogg eyes, whatever. <laughs> like, he'll just see, like, Alphano doing something. He's like, ah, I should go talk to him, and just leaves. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> there's there's one thing in uh, Heaven's Word that makes it, like, a really good expansion, mm. and that's the part where Istinian uh, misses, like, he thinks uh, Al- uh, oh, what's her name? Al- Alfino's sister, why, why do I forget her name? Alice, yeah. He mistakes Alice for Alfino, <laughs> and she just rips his like, throat out immediately. <laughs> uh, that, that That's a good one. I love that one. Honestly, I've, I've enjoyed pretty much everything that happened throughout the game so far. Um, yeah. a lot of people said that, like, A Realm Reborn was pretty slow, but I, I did kind of, I, I still enjoyed it. It was... Yeah, I, I enjoyed it too, but it was, like, more, more kind of, like, making fun of how silly some mm-hmm. parts of it was. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And then you get to, like, the second half, and suddenly it actually starts ramping up and getting really interesting. Because yes. it suddenly actually uses all those plot points it built it up to. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the problem is, like, whenever you're at the start of any sort of story, you, like, building up the initial characters, building up the world, all that stuff is going to take a bit of time to, like, g- properly get into. Like, it makes sense yeah. that it's going to be a little bit slow. Yeah, well, the thing is, like, they didn't really build up the characters uh, in A Realm Reborn at the start. It's only in the patch content that they started actually building on top of the characters. That's fair. And making them really intriguing. Mm-hmm. And then also, yeah, with the patch content came all the Bahamut raids that also really added a lot of, like, backstory that some yeah. players might have missed. Yeah, I 
I'm very happy I didn't play the game back then because, you know, very being able to like very easily go and unsync it and just get through it easily, find the story through that is nice. Um, yeah. Because that's really important content. Like, it's not like, you know, yeah. you don't have to know it for the rest of the story, but like knowing that. Well, you kind of do. I mean, I won't spoil anything, but a lot of things you learn in A Realm Reborn is really important in Walker. so... Okay. It, it is enough. actually important to know the stuff. Okay, fair same enough. With like, same like with uh, the entire Crystal Tower raids are necessary for uh, Shadowbringers. Well, yeah, Crystal Tower is required to get through the story anyway. Yeah. That's, that's the other why, reason because, that people actually keep yeah, it has Tower. some. Yeah, it has some very important plot points for also Walker and Storm. Uh, Shadowbringers, Stormbringers. <laughs> well, the, the start of yeah. the start of um, Shadowbringers is just like go to the Crystal Tower, go just go get the thing from Crystal Tower. So it's pretty obvious yeah. that that's actually going to be important. Yeah. So, but yeah, it, it's kind of interesting how much of the stuff they build up from the start, mm -hmm. and then like like a lot of the stuff you see in Realm Reborn, like uh, some especially side content. It first gets really, really important, like, and also some of the main story for that matter. It mm -hmm. first gets really, really important in uh, Endwalker mm -hmm. that you know these things. And it's like at the start, it just seems like useless info, but it's actually quite important to build up your knowledge of like how the world works and make Endwalker make sense. <laughs> God, that makes me worried. Now you make me want to go replay Realm Reborn. <laughs> I mean, you'll probably remember stuff because like some of the stuff is re-explained mm -hmm. throughout. Uh, all the expansions. Yep, yep. Okay. And build upon. But yeah. Uh, I remember Born introduces a lot of very important plot elements that you. That, that is important later on. Mm -hmm. But it just doesn't look important at the time because it's just not really that well written. Mm. But yeah. Right. That makes sense. Huh. It's just, uh, that's just a side effect of everything, I guess. I'm very curious to find out like what what's going to happen because i know end walk is supposed to be like the conclusion of the current arc like what what's in store for the game going forward with a 7.0 like we, we are getting some hints about that mm -hmm. <laughs> with the patch content because the patch content is actually the start of 7.0 in a way because this is the start of the arc yeah yep, yep. the new arc we're getting introduced to a lot of interesting things, but I'll let you figure that out yourself once you get that far. Well, yeah, hopefully <laughs> by the time that I get there, you know, we're mostly done with the patch content. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. Knowing what... Okay, here's here's the reason why it's... I've played the... I don't want to know what playtime is. It's probably too much. Um, <clears throat> <laughs> I am very bad at going through the story. I will get somewhere. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to... I'm gonna PvP for the next hundred hours. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to get through Palace of the Dead solo. And I just don't get oh, through the yeah. story. This is why I'm only in Shadowbringers. Like if I was focusing on the story, I would be done by now. But I've done so much side content that Yeah, it's it's just taking me a while. <clears throat> I'll say that it's actually good that you're doing a side content, because like it might not look important, but they'd also like <sighs> Uh, sorry, it also fills out. <laughs> I just had like a hiccup. Um, it also uh, fills out some interesting plot elements that you might not notice if you're playing through without them. Mm, okay. So you, you you can get more out of it. Like I mean, you'll still get something out of it if you played after. But like, oh, so that's how it works. 
Yeah, but I don't it's think it's like anything the... I'm getting out of Chocobo Racing. No, but like stuff like the Alliance raids and the other raids that yeah, are yeah. side content in the side content. They those actually add a bunch of important stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll say like Alexander, mm-hmm. uh, the Alexander uh, raid and the one in Stormblood, the Omega ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, they put a lot of important plot points up for uh, Shadowbringers. I'm working like through uh, Omega right now, so. Yeah, they directly lead up to Shadowbringers, some of the important things there. Hmm. Like, you don't need to know those things, but once you know them, it's just like, oh, that's it. Very, very interesting. Right, right, that makes sense. The Alexander raids were fun, but, you know, queuing with some people where they just don't know the mechanic is... Just I mean, I just queued with a friend, and we were, like, level 90, both of us, so we just, like, stormed right through it. <laughs> I generally uh, like to do stuff to killing if I everything. Can, but, you know... When it was, like, the Bahamut stuff, like, you know what, I'm not even gonna... No, like, because it's in, like, it's not in the roulettes because of the way they had Bahamut set up. Um, I'm just like, you know what, mm. I'm just gonna unsync it, whatever. Yeah. And most of most of Bahamut's pretty easy to do solo unsynced, it, as long as you're not, like, dumb. There are some, like, one-hit mechanics that yeah. can screw you up. <laughs> Um, I got I when I first played Bahamut, the one hit mechanic hit me and my friends even though we were like, Oh, my phone is saying that it's running low on battery. <laughs> the that's one why that, my character froze for a moment. The the one that really annoyed me was I, I was doing um uh what the what the fuck's the, the dragon that you fight called? Um Bahamut? No, you're not <laughs> one of the, one of the bosses in the Bahamut raids. Um Oh, uh the one before Bahamut. Uh, I forgot his name too. Yeah. Um, but th- there's this, uh, whatever one it was, uses this like twister ability. And if you don't just move out of the way, you just instantly die, no matter what you do. Um, but. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, we killed it so fast that like it basically didn't get the chance. But <laughs> I only had a healer leveled at the time. That's my problem. With a DPS, you can just like absolutely hit it twice. It. Yeah, yeah. Just hit it twice and instead. <laughs> but I, I, I said, I mean. I usually main healer or tank just because I like my my Q privileges. Um, yeah, <laughs> but DPS I, I, is I fun. basically, yeah, I basically only play as Reaper, but I do have a tank and a healer. I just haven't leveled them. Maybe well, now that I'm on that. Um, on on Aether and I can actually Q stuff properly, I might do more DPS just so you know. I, it just wasn't reasonable to do DPS over an Oceanic because there's just so few people. And DPS is yeah. always the most popular thing, so queues are always full as DPS. And do you want to take three hours to queue leveling roulette? Not really, no. <laughs> um, I mean, they are trying to get more people on Oceana now because, like, you get like a bunch of free gill and stuff if yeah. you create an account there. Well, Oceanic's having the exact same problem the um that Dynamis is having the new the the new NA data center, which is no one's yeah. joining it because. It's, like, and maybe it'll be, like, I'm happy to play on Oceanic, but the problem is that just, it needs time to mature. And I think by 7.0, like, when there's an, another expansion comes out, then, you know, it might actually be reasonable to play on. But because we're in, like, the, you know, yeah. the the lull period where we're going through the patch content, it's not a super exciting time. It's like... No, not people aren't really joining the game in massive droves right now. No, but they will once 7.0 comes out, I assume. Yeah, yeah. 
because then you have the big wave of streamers that come back to do it again, and you know that'll be fun. You know, twenty thousand yeah. people queue again. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! I'm well, just well, gonna take I... a week or two off the game when that happens. Yeah, I mean, at least I I work full time on Inochi Two D now, so I don't have any other like major commitments that uh, I have to do at very specific times every day. Yeah, so. yeah. It would be a lot easier to queue up in, the, in those days. Mm-mm. Like, oh, start working on H2D. Well, game work, uh, game logged in. Now I'm going to, you know, put this on hold for a little bit. We'll come back to this later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm basically playing through a bunch of side content now. Mm-hmm. So that I, I missed because I just like speed ran through the story because that was very intriguing to me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of doing um, H2D full time, how is your experience going with like handling you know scheduling stuff and actually working on stuff in a productive way because i know that when i i am just you know primarily focusing on you know my youtube stuff for example i tend to occasionally let things creep out longer and longer and longer how are you with handling time uh well burnout happened so I'm, I'm basically not doing much right now mm-hmm. mostly just recovering and relaxing so i don't immediately burn myself out so much that i get a, like a stress stress breakdown and sickness again mm-hmm. um plus i have a vacation here in december yes uh lena is dragging me to japan for like a month so oh it's a month that's gonna be fun it? oh geez a, a month and a week actually so i'm wow. <laughs> gonna be in japan for a while um so yeah, in that time, I don't know how much Inochi 2D stuff I'll get done, but mm-hmm. as soon as I get back in the new year, it's it's going to be back to my normal schedule, which is uh, also my streaming schedule: Mondays, mm-hmm. Wednesdays, and Tuesdays. Uh, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. There we go. Thursdays. Well, hopefully that you know you you keep up, you keep that up, and it doesn't become like hyper stressful and you actually like maintain that going forward yeah that's my hope my my biggest worry is again this twitter stuff because like the main way i got uh, like patrons and stuff to support me mm-hmm. uh, and github sponsors uh was through the basically advertisement i did on twitter yeah and that and that the uh, venue is very quickly crumbling underneath me so i need to figure out other ways to deal with it yeah 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 I think so. that's that's something a lot of people worry, especially a lot of, a lot of artists, will worry about. Um, mm. Not really sure what, because if people start going to a bunch of different platforms, you now no longer have this one centralized location that everyone's at. Like that's that's what was so great about Twitter. As bad as Twitter mm. is, everyone's there. So you know, if you want to get something, if you want if you want people to know about something, that was a pretty good way to do so. Uh, sorry, my brain faced off. <laughs> uh, I, I heard like half of it, and I just kind of like yeah. People are leaving Twitter. Caffeine. It's now it, it's and going to other places. Now you no longer have a centralized location to sort of get this yeah. information out there. Yeah, that, that's the big problem. Yeah, well, hopefully so. it goes well. 
Yeah, I hope so too. I've set up shop on Mastodon and I will also keep posting at least like uh, whenever I make a new version, I'll post an update to the Inochi 2D Twitter, but that's mm -hmm. about it. Mm -hmm. I have basically abandoned my main account at this point, so yeah, people yeah. should not expect me to reply or anything on that anymore. Mm -hmm. Well, on uh, on that note, uh, it's come basically to the end of the show. Oh so, no! <laughs> it's already been uh, <laughs> it's already been a bit over two hours. Uh, time goes fast when you're having fun. It absolutely does. Um, let the people know where they can find you, where they can find Inochi 2D and all of that fun stuff. Uh, they can find me on uh, on Mastodon as uh, at LunaFoxkillVT at VTSocial uh, and Inochi 2D as at Inochi2D Inochi at VT.Social. Mm -hmm. uh, you can also find Inochi2D on uh, Twitter as at Inochi2D. And you can find me on GitHub Sponsors and uh, Patreon. Uh, Patreon as LunaFoxGirlVT and uh, GitHub as LunaTheFoxGirl. And uh, if you like what, you're, what I'm doing, then feel free to support me, because that means that I can get food on the table. <laughs> it's always good. Food is nice. I like food. Food is Especially definitely good. Chicken. Especially, uh, you know, uh, hot chocolate that doesn't have soy sauce in it. <laughs> Oh, is that uh, all of the things you have to shout out? All of the platforms? I one sec, remember at least. <laughs> well, I'll I mean, I have, have a I have a Twitch and YouTube, mm -hmm. so I'll have but all that's the links also in the description the as well. So yeah, is anything that you wanted to add? I'll uh, just let me know. I'll put them down there. Um, okay. As for me. Uh, the main channel is Brody Robertson. I do Linux and tech and all of that fun stuff over there, usually six days or so a week. Uh, the gaming channel, which is going to get rebranded soon. Uh, currently, Brody Robertson plays. i am got a couple of names on the table that I might change it to that are a little bit less of a mouthful. Uh, but nothing is set in stone just yet. And then if you're listening to the audio version of this... Uh, you probably should watch the video version for this one if you want to actually understand the demos that were happening earlier. Uh, but if you're watching the video version and you want to hear the audio version, not just for this episode, for, for any of the episodes available, most of which are a bit easier to, to listen to uh, and actually understand what's going on, uh, that you can find on pretty much any of the podcast platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you can find podcasts. Stick in your favorite podcast app as an RSS feed and go check that out. Um, yeah. I'm stuffed uh, and fluffy. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a uh, a final word? I just said it. I'm soft and fluffy. Oh, I didn't I mean, hear Look it. at my tail. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you guys later. See ya.